It's the Benz Brunani woman is Baby boys, baby girls, you need to hear this Baby sit down, sit down, receive this realness Make sure your cup's ready for the tea we are go sipping yo Hard time scrolling for your long shorts You might learn something you never know Could let you find And she's one of a kind Don't say you mind, say you Should say what I want. I'll fuck up your day. So I'll go offline. But I know I'll take. Every one of your jobs one day and I, I will suji be news Ooh, and I You predatory bitch, fuck you. Quasi, you mentioned me. That's the last time you'll say my name for free. And your headlines fucked. You got dumped by Listras. But above all this, you tanked the economy. And I, I will soon avara too. Fuck all you motherfuckers. Fuck you. I was trying to give Raspy there. I hope you appreciated it because I wasn't giving the girls vibrato because they don't deserve it. They don't deserve it. They don't deserve breath control. They got a few runs, just a few runs, but they're not getting the vibrato and they're they're just getting raspy. Yeah. Because I could have given it a Tony Braxton sort of touch, but I just kept it where I kept it. Chest voice, Kalechi, not head voice But I wasn't paying attention Anyway, who are you listening to slash watching? It's me, Kalechi, the baby girl In the bestest place to be And you are listening slash watching SYM Officially known as Say Your Mind Unofficially known as What What? That's right, suck your mum And ooh, there are many, many straws Many straws to fling Yeah, because motherfuckers tried me, had tweets in their eyes, but I can't see why they ever thought they could come for me. (laughs) But I'm going to drag their scalps away. (laughs) 
Anyway, anyway, anyway. I'm just going to get through all that there is to get through for today. There won't be any tarot per se because, I mean, I might put a smidgen of tarot in the thing, but there are there are way too many serious things to cover today for me to even waste time. Um, I wasn't even sure if I was going to record today or continue recording because, you know, I've been toying, toying with this whole thing about podcasting for a bit, but the events of the last seven days, ha, woo, Chile. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I understand why more than ever there is a need for a podcast like mine, because there are certain media outlets, a few media outlets that aren't worth even like existing or bullshit all there to serve white supremacy, however leftist they might see themselves. But we're going to get into that shortly. What have I been doing in the last week? Well, apart from staving off um, torrents of um, racist abuse and threats because of Navarra Media and GB News, I have actually been doing some bits regarding the book. Um, You can see up here, I've actually got the hardback version of Edge of Here now, and it's absolutely beautiful, but I don't, I genuinely don't even feel like talking about it. Big up my baby boy, Kevin Morosky, like love you to death. Happy birthday, King. Um, But yeah, I did my first event talking sci-fi and speculative fiction at Brixton House, courtesy of Roundtable Books and Dark Matter. Um, and of course, Trapeze, the publishers. Um, it was amazing. I was in conversation with Courtier Newland and Temi O, and it was hosted by Akua. And it was wonderful to be talking about my book, you know, what that I'm proud to have written. And of course, I don't want to get distracted by all the fuckery that's been happening. Even in my tone, you can really hear it. Like I get into a certain zone where I'm just like, you know what? <laughs> you want to make me the bad guy, the bad guy, chunk me. Um, yeah, I get into a particular zone where it's just like, if you test me in this zone, I will annihilate everything, everything that you hold dear. I will take everything out. I'll rip everything to shreds. But let us continue. So it was great. It was great to talk about the book that I put so much effort into and life into. And it was great to hear other science fiction writers talking about their work. It's absolutely fascinating how our kind of all of our thoughts as black writers sort of intermingle. Super, super fascinating. Um, And it was lovely to sign books. It really was like, I feel like in the midst of how down or annoyed I feel by a number of things and angry I feel about a number of things. I'm so, so touched and thrilled that I could sit at a table and sign copies of my very own book. Like it's actually mad. It's actually mad. Like man's an author. Do you see it? It's wild. I, uh, you know, never would have made it. (laughs) Wrong, wrong Wrong, wrong Jonathan be like that song again A fucking again Um, But yeah, super, super proud um, To have been able to sign some copies Because the people who attended the event Were able to get their copies three weeks Or buy their copies three weeks in advance So I guess the next time that people will be able to get copies Will be when they pick it up Two days before the official publication date 
um, at the Barbican where I'll be doing um, the In Conversation and Evening with Kalechi Okafor And that's me in case you didn't know And um, the host of that The person moderating the conversation Will be the baby boy Richie Brave So that's going to be absolutely wonderful I've got a special guest for you as well Those who are into the spiritual aspects of the bits that I do You'll be super excited about the special guest Um, So uh, yeah, that all happened And Lev did an intensive um, swim course for the week Um, He goes swimming weekly But um, I wanted to kind of put him on this swim course uh, With his usual teacher um, This intensive course So he'd go every day before nursery And my God, it was so trying In the sense that Seeing him in the water being so brave And like he's he's like learned so much He's really, really good Um, There was a point though Where he was playing with these other children Like he was in his cohort Like he's he's the only like Well, he's, you know, mixed race But, you know, the only child that's not white That was there And one of these children started Playing rather aggressively with him in the pool They were all older as well Because he's doing so well They put him with um, the older lot Slightly older Like they're probably like um, seven um, Whereas he's going to be four So they were playing rather aggressively with him And no, it was just the, they, they, Yeah But I don't know Like it just reminded me You know like when you do this sort of thing Where you're constantly talking about The things that are happening in the country That's happening in the world Like you're probably aware of more things Than the average person In terms of like Bad things Do you know what I mean? So when they were doing that All that came to my mind Was Shukri Abdi Like rest in peace baby girl Like I don't know, I just felt so sad I felt so sad And because of all the conversation that's been happening Around like Lucy Let Be And the um, assumption of innocence As it pertains to white women, white people, um, white children Because when I was reading the case And I've read that case on here before About what happened And how one of the children especially Had even said that they wanted to kill her Like it's it's really worrying And I think everything just came to a head for me When I was just replaying all of that And I just thought, rah, like you, I think sometimes I have to be able to separate The social commentator from mummy From like being a mum Because otherwise you're just walking around Like filled with anxiety Like all of the time But it was a lot for him I know that he's a strong boy But I think that week was a lot for him as well Because he got He felt rather like ill afterwards But then a lot I think that that's also nurseries And I keep telling them That there's a certain thing that they do at that nursery That I find rather um, unhygienic And I've been telling them But anyway um, And I know that nurseries All of these things go around But he just had a tough time this week But you know He made it through the majority Of his um, swim sessions anyway so that was, I was handling that as well. So even, so if I sound tired, it's also that on top of everything, um, dealing with that. But, um, yeah, that, that's been my week. That's been my week so far. Um, what did I miss out? Oh, oh, so I was looking into progressed, astro- you, you know, um, astrology, astrological progressions. So what that means is that, um, the way that our birth charts work is that, the planets are always moving, right? So if you looked at your date of birth and then you looked at your progressed chart, it will show you 
um, a new sort of birth chart based on your original birth chart, but based on how um, incrementally the planets move. Um, yeah, based on birth charts, basically. And so it was interesting for me to look at my progress chart recently and see that my Mercury is now at 22 degrees of Scorpio when in my birth chart, my actual birth chart, my Mercury is two degrees of Scorpio. So I feel like I have grown so much in how I convey and um, talk about and process and interrogate very hard slash like dark, difficult subjects. Like, I love that for me because essentially when I've moved through Scorpio, 22 degrees of Scorpio, so we've only got like mm, six, seven, eight, we've got like seven, no, yeah, seven degrees left of that. And then I'll move into Sagittarius, which is the teacher, the teacher. Yeah. So I'll move into the teacher. Um, so it's like I'm learning, investigating, interrogating, figuring out, really understanding like the underbelly of society and how to convey what I see. And at some point I move into Sagittarius where I'll be able to share the things that I see. I mean, I share it now, but really, really teach the things that I, um, that I've learned and the ninth house took, you know, takes it further afield as well. So I imagine it going further than I even realize. Um, so I just wanted to share that. And then I saw something else. Was it by Novi Brown? She says, um, women are in for a rude awakening with this Aries North Node, Chiron Aries and, and Leo Lilith transit, especially Cancer, Capricorn and Libra women. I'm a Libra woman. Your ideals around family, marriage, relationships and legacy will drastically be shifted. Your approach to romance, love and dating will shift. So true. Aries brings conflict, war, fights, where you have to learn to defend and protect yourself. Very true. Leo Lilith will bring about the people who've been, um, will bring out the people who have been acting like they are a hero when in reality they are tyrants with bootleg crowns. I'm going to read that again for impact. Um, and that Aries North Node is so, so interesting as well because my it's a nodal return for me. My natal um, North Node is an Aries. Um, anyway, Aries brings conflict, war, fights, where you have to learn to defend and protect yourself. And that's what we're going to be talking about this week, aren't we? How I have to, had to protect myself against the tyrants with their bootleg crowns that see themselves as heroes. Um, read that again. Aries brings conflict, war, fights where you have to learn to defend and protect yourself. Leo Lilith, that means the black moon Lilith is in the sign of Leo, will bring out the people who've been acting like they are a hero when in reality they are tyrants with bootleg crowns. So that goes for Aaron Bastani, Michael Walker and Ash Sakar. I think that one's definitely about you, but we'll talk about what that means later on. Tyrants with bootleg crowns is in fact what you all are. But we'll get into that. Um, so I just thought I'd share that tidbit about astrology. So instead of reading one of the letters out this week, I thought, why not? Let me move this mic. Let's hope it doesn't cut out. <sighs> okay, still there. Why not do um a reading about how best to navigate these times? where there are lots of um, falsehoods around, false prophets, a lot of people around who have ulterior motives and don't want the truth to shine. What is the message for this time where we're trying to navigate a lot of misinformation online? 
okay, what does spirit have to say? Because I feel like I need this reading and I feel like I probably wouldn't do the reading for myself if I'm just sat at home. So let's see what the message is. Um, hmm. I didn't even set up the tarot camera, so I'm just going to try and hold it up to the screen. Oh, that flew right out. One sec. Got it. Poise. Oh, of course you'd say poise, ancestors. Of course you would. Because every time it's like, oh, when they go low, you don't go lower. Leave that to us. No, sometimes I want to be an ant. Yeah, I want to be an ant. Find me, find me. That's how small I want to be. Motherfuckers. Anyway, let's see what the next card is here. Okay, nice, nice. Good, that seems, I like that one. I've just pulled a card from the Dickhead in Recovery Affirmation Card Deck. I would recommend that lots of people buy themselves this affirmation card deck called um, Affirmations for a Dickhead in Recovery because some of you are far from recovery. Um, Okay, the first card, (laughs) lol, Ace of Cups. Second card, Page of Cups in Reverse. Ten of Cups in Reverse and then Poised. Okay, so the first card being Ace of Cups. I don't even know how clear that will be. There we go. Ace of Cups. So Ace of Cups, I feel like we're being told in the, it's so hard. I hate messages like this. Basically, the whole reason that we're being distracted by fuckery is because we have so much to give and we should just never stop giving Never stop. And all of these are cups as well, which is so important. Um, it's yeah, it's so important because I don't have any um I don't have any swords, I don't have any wands, I don't have any pentacles, all cups, because a lot of this is emotional. Like, well, our emotions are being called to the fore, a lot of intellect is being just thrown out of the window. Um, and it's not a time for action, also, which is why I think that um there are no wands here and you know, pentacles are left out of it because it's just like, forget about the career aspects of things, forget about those sorts of things. Ace of Cups says, and there's this white dove holding an olive branch at the top of the cup as well. And you know me, I'm not one to preach forgiveness. I'm really not. But I think why I'm being drawn to that is the the line when Jesus was upon the cross and he said, forgive them father for they know not what they do. It's interesting, isn't it? Ra, not you giving me a sermon today because why would Jesus have to tell God to forgive them for they know not what they do? Because God, God is, you know, supreme, right? And so, what did Jesus envisage that God was going to get so vexed at what everybody was doing to him and how cruelly he was treated that God was going to like, um, you know, jump in and, and bad everybody up. Um, like he'd done, he, you know, like God has done, um, in the old Testament. And so I feel like the reason that that comes up is because Somebody like me, because I feel like this is a bit of a self-drag. Somebody like me, I work on principle. You fuck around, you're absolutely going to find out. And a lot of you have Twitter fingers and you sit up there all day, like typing like fucking idiots, going going on news stations, talking like fucking idiots, because to you, it's just a game, right? To you, it's just ha ha ha, we can say this and it's fine. Like I always, but I can back my chat. So the energy that I have online that I have on a podcast is the exact same energy, if not more, that I have in person, right? So this is a public service announcement. Like chat shit get banged is an absolute, it's, 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 it's a moral code. 
But this card comes up to say that sometimes it's not about your principles. It's not about like, you know, fuck around and find out and any of that stuff. Sometimes just let people play themselves out of the game. Let people play themselves out of the game. You haven't got to you don't, you don't have to worry about being like, ref, did you see that ref? Let, let them play. Cause you're gonna, you're gonna play yourself. You're gonna play yourself. You're gonna try a move and you're the one that's gonna snap your leg in every possible direction. It's you. The page of cups here comes up in reverse because it's saying like, no, I'm not telling you to go out there and start like saying to people, no, it's fine for you to treat me this way. And it's fine for you to behave like this. No, we can have boundaries. We can have boundaries, but we should never close off our capacity to love. And I feel like coming back from Peru, I feel like I say that at some point in every fucking episode, but since coming back from Peru, I've talked a lot about the most challenging part of um, taking part in the ayahuasca retreat was integrating the things that I learned. And it's so hard when you see people absolutely playing in your face to the extent that they're putting you in potential danger and not be like, I will fuck you up. Instead, you have to be like, okay, all right, this is one for the ancestors. They've got this because you don't want me to have it. If I have it, we're all going to have a problem. So I hear that. It's not about going out and necessarily like chatting to people and doing all of that. It's just like fall back. And let spirit do what spirit does The ten of cups comes out in reverse Because there are blessings in things That you might not even realise Sometimes people move Like I feel like the universe Uses people to move mad To jolt um, A certain blessing that you wouldn't have got you wouldn't have gotten otherwise You know them machines So basically I went with Richie To that Morley's pop-up That's at the, um, the Standard The Standard Hotel It's at their, in the, inside their restaurant Called the Double Standard So Morley's has a pop-up there And then they've got this um, You know those machines That you put a coin in And it like It's got a claw And then it grabs a, um, a prize And they strategically place Some of the prizes Where you absolutely cannot reach them So I feel like sometimes life is like that. Sometimes white supremacist patriarchy coupled with, you know, one of its children, capitalism, means that certain blessings are lodged in certain places. Oh, that is a word. Certain blessings are lodged in certain places that you would not be able to reach them if it were not for the universe to jolt it for you, to shake the machine for you, rage against the machine, shake the machine for you. So then that blessing becomes dislodged and therefore you can have it. The blessing was always yours, but people thought that it were playing in your face by lodging it in such a way that you would not be able to reach it. But then with a little bus bus from the universe, from God, with the help of your ancestors, absolutely not just shaking the table, but shaking the rascal art machine, it helps to loosen the blessing. And while the shaking of that machine might have you being like, what the fuck? Like, oh my God, what is happening? There is, there's beauty to come out of it because certain eyes sometimes won't see you or would not have known of your existence. They wouldn't have known about you. They wouldn't have known certain things. Were it not for those who profess themselves to be your antagonist, to bring their um, attention to you because light is light, baby. Light is light. So even when you think that you're shining a light on me in order to cause me harm, you're also shining a light. That means my glory will become even more brighter. So those who didn't see me before, oh baby, they see me now. All right. 
So that's why the Ten of Cups is there Because it's like even in the most raggedy of circumstances There are things that you are being gifted That you wouldn't have gotten otherwise Had the situation not been raggedy Of course I would love it to be a different way Of course I would love for us to have unraggedy circumstances And the things just come to you regardless But sometimes it be what it is, you know, it'd be like that From the Dickhead and Recovery Affirmation cards We've got, some call it quitting I call it realigning my cuteness with my purpose So I feel like that spirit again <laughs> Telling me to stand down Because the rage that I felt the past few days The rage it can't. It, it's no longer even, we can't even call it rage anymore We have to call it rage The rage that I've been feeling Huh let me not, let me not even say what's in my mouth to say Because they'll come and carry me for this from this place But some of you absolutely do not know who you're fucking with You absolutely do not Some call it quitting I call it realigning my cuteness with my purpose I need to stay on job So many of us need to stay on job Whether it's your workplace Whether it's a relationship Whether it's family members It can, Or sometimes it's even you Sometimes you're the enemy of progress fashioned against yourself Like, stop doing that You know, um Realigning your cuteness with your purpose Stay on course Remember your assignment Which is to love and to be loved And to share as much love as possible In this life Like that is what we're called to do And to make sure that we tell Like you you can't have love without truth So anybody who thinks that they're loving And they're lying You're lying about loving Yeah you are lying about loving if your love includes and involves lying And this is why it's imperative to speak truth to power Because I understand that to be an embodiment of love I must say the truth, I must tell the truth And anybody who stands in the way of me telling that truth Or tries to humiliate or denigrate me for telling that truth I promise you, I promise you with all that I know And I've seen in this realm and the next Thunder will fire your pussy hole Thunder will enter the lightning of the ancestors Of the divine The divine creator will enter your anus And blow you up from the inside I promise you that I promise you Number 48, poise Is what we get from the wisdom of the oracle deck Let's see if you can see that Poised Jonathan will be like Why didn't you use the camera Because I don't fucking want to That's why I don't fucking I don't fucking want to put the effort in To setting up another fucking camera For this fucking podcast How about that <sighs> Anyway back to poised The oracle's message You can be assured that you are ready For anything right now Oh I am Touch a button now You know what you need to Your skills are sharp You've come to this place armed with wisdom and knowledge And you sense a new phase of your life about to begin Ooh, drag me People respond to your confidence and trust you This is an auspicious time to begin new things Wow um, Let's see protection message um, Let's see, I like this protection message It says you're not ready to move forward at this time And that has to be okay Be poised in the face of demands and deadlines Pretending you know what you're doing works sometimes But if you adopt a fake it till you make it attitude It will land you in some muck now This is not the time to wing it and deliver something half finished It's okay to postpone things until you are really ready It's better to disappoint others now than wish you had later 
I'm going to read that again for some of you that I know will be listening as a result of the title of this podcast. You're not ready to move forward at this time, and that has to be okay. Be poised in the face of demands and deadlines. Pretending you know what you're doing works sometimes, but if you adopt a fake it till you make it attitude, it will land you in some muck. Guess where the muck now is. Guess where the muck is. Yes, you've now arrived in the muck because you said that you wanted to fake it till you made it and you thought that you could fake it with me. You thought that I was the one. You thought that I was the one that you could try it with. And we're about to learn why you shouldn't have done that. As for me, prosperity message, you have every reason to feel confident. Everything you need to make your success concrete is now at your disposal. You can take action knowing you are ready to step into your power. Absolutely. Into your light. Absolutely. And into your service to the world. Bomba. The direction you're moving in is your destiny. Your soul is smiling with joy as you align with this truth. Align realigning with my cuteness you see how the message is great for me but it's terrible for some of you because I don't mean personally I like to mind my business I say this all the time I like to mind my business I don't like to drag too too much but if you try me if you try me you're gonna have to buy me okay that's the that's the word for today anyway let me not talk too much I ended up doing a little bit of tarot there what we're going to jump to now before I get into all of the things is an interview that I did with um Syrah Rao as well as um Regina they're both wonderful wonderful women who created um um a whole movement and they've got a documentary called Deconstructing Karen so and they've also got a book that's called White Women, Everything You Already Know About Your Own Re- and Racism and How to Do Better. So that's by Syra Rao and Regina Jackson. Um, they also have a documentary, like I said, called um, Deconstructing Karen. It says here, Regina Jackson and Syra Rao have lo- um, launched Race to Dinner a movement to inspire white women to confront themselves and to acknowledge their own racism and complicity in white supremacy. It's funny because I feel like I talked about that. I feel like many people have talked about that. The dinners will remind you of your favorite childhood memory of playing the game Clue. The most dangerous person in the room is never the obvious suspect. What if the Bible-thumping conservative Trump voter isn't any more racist than the liberal yoga teacher who screams, love is love? What if well-intentioned liberal white women actively play a role in upholding racism and white supremacy? In this provocative documentary, white women experience radical honesty about racism their daily role in upholding it, their conditioning to ignore it, and the essential part they can play in tearing down the um, the systems that are killing black and brown people every single day. The premise is simple. What if white women could and would show up to help end racism? Watch out, Karen and Becky. Watch out, Karen and Becky are coming to dinner. That's what it says on their site. Um, It was amazing talking to Syra and um, Regina. I'll let you listen to that now before we launch into everything else that's connected with this chat. Catch you in a bit. Regina and Syrah, thank you for joining me to discuss Deconstructing Karen. Wow. Wow. Thank you for having us. No, you really, (laughs) you really did something. When I tell you, (laughs) 
that my my blood my blood was hot <laughs> my, my, my blood was hot you know the moment everyone entered and sat at that dinner table and I heard I am just happy to be colorblind I said <laughs> it has begun it has begun <laughs> but um I've had the pleasure the honor of watching your incredible um, film deconstructing Karen, which um, we can call a documentary, right? Yeah. Yes. Right. And um, you know, to talk to the listeners about how this came about, um, race to dinner was um, an initiative founded in 2019 by yourselves. And so, could you talk to us a bit about that? Because what I love also is that this was before 2020. So this was before right. the Black Square summer of 2020 and people <laughs> yes. going, oh my God, racism exists. Oh my exactly. God, what are you, what are you, yeah. wow. I see you as visionaries because this, you know, really set the stage for what was to come next in terms of what happened March 2020 and onwards. But you starting Race to Dinner um, in 2019, what spurred you to want to do that? Because I can't imagine myself wanting to sit at a table with white women and talking to them about race. Because <laughs> if there are sharp objects about, it's not going to be safe for any of us in that situation. <laughs> well, it's it's a very interesting uh, story. Mm. Syra ran for office. She said she had the um, privilege to run for office and she needed to do that or she needed to shut up. So she ran for office against a like 25, 30 year Democratic long term congresswoman. And Cyrus' whole campaign was anti-racism. And she would give talks. She was always trying to um, get people to work for her or support her. So she would give talks. And every time she spoke, white women would line up to have a conversation with her. And what they wanted to say is not me. I'm not racist, okay? So this went on, and Syra was carrying, you know, the, the tea, the coffee, the lunch, plus paying for a babysitter for a kid. And a former white friend of mine in the neighborhood, we live pretty close to each other, says to me, I'm done with Syra. She hates white people. But if you can get her to go lunch with me, I would love that. So I go to Syra because I was working on Syra's campaign. Mm. And uh, Cyrus says, Regina, I'm not doing that anymore. She said, um, these white people aren't going to vote for me. She said, but if your friend will host a dinner and invite some white lady friends and you do it with me, we'll do that. Take it away, Cyrus. <laughs> yeah. So that's, we did it. We did it. And by the way, the straw that broke that Karen's back, the reason she said that I, uh, I hate white people is that I said that Beto O'Rourke was a white savior and I would vote for him if I lived in Texas and I just donated to his campaign because multiple things can be are in fact true. Um, but we had the dinner, we had the dinner and it was full white woman Broadway musical, like crying, tears, shaking back, you know, laps around the table and shaking back and forth. And so I posted about it on Facebook the next day. And it went viral. The Facebook post went viral. We had hundreds of white women in our comments saying, I want to do a dinner. I want to do a dinner. You know, like the black squares put the hands yeah. up. And uh, Regina and I were like, you know what? If we are educating these women for free anyway, we might as well start a business. And Regina came up with the great title, Race to Dinner, and it was born. And yes, indeed, it was a full year before white people discovered systemic racism and promptly forgot 
um, a couple months. Oh, thereafter. they forgot. They forgot immediately. The yeah. moment they were so, so we could we could get back outside. Oh yeah, that's it. I don't want to know about racism again. Yeah. Don't ever talk to me about that R word again. Yeah. Um, but I I think it's phenomenal work. I think it's such brave work because I just don't think it's something that all of us can do. I remember the Blue Eyed Project. Um, yes. yes. Jane and Elliott. Jane Elliott. And seeing that, yes. you know, and she, do you know, I don't know if um, you heard about this. She did the same project in Britain. Yeah. Yeah. And she said she would never, ever come back here to do it again, ever. The way the reaction she received from doing it here, she said she's never seen anything like it. You know, like, and what's funny about it is because people tend to think, um, unfortunately, that racism doesn't exist in Britain. But because of the yeah. very, um, I don't, I, how do I explain it? Um, the the kind of hyper insidious way that racism works in Britain, it means that it likes to go undetected by from uh, you know by onlookers. So Jane Elliott arrived and she thought, oh, okay, I've got this. And the pepper that they showed her. She said, I'm not, I'm not coming back to that place. I'm not doing it with them again. So I say all of that to say, why don't you come and do race to dinner in Britain? <laughs> we, we just At the did Ham two Yard. events in London and one in Bath. So we were just yeah. in Great Britain. And, um, you know, it really was wonderful. And, you know, no white people admit to being racist, mm. you know, because they see racist as the Klan's hat and the Nazis. And, so they won't admit to being racist. But that's our whole thing. Let's sit down. Let's have honest conversations and let's tell the truth. Inge, I love that. That's my favorite thing. Like, let's just tell the truth. What was it like? Because I could not make the the screenings in London, well, the the screening in London and what was just generally happening when you were over here, unfortunately, what was that like? How did it differ? Well, I mean, to go ahead, Sire. Go ahead. I thought it was. I thought it was great. I mean, mm-hmm. I thought that um, it was. You know, look, white British people always like to pretend like racism exists in America, which doesn't even make any sense because the British, the white Brits, were the OG colonizers. Like white Americans are you white British people doesn't even make any sense. Right. So we, I mean, I felt like the, the white folks who showed up and a lot showed up were really there for the right reasons and wanted to have the conversations. And there were tons of black and Brown folks, which was really exciting. People who said, you know, this work has given them sort of courage to have these conversations in, um, their own spaces. But I want to add two things about Britain in particular. Mm -hmm. Number one, I worked in London one summer, mm-hmm. summer, summer of my second year in law school, and I got out of my taxi. It was the first time I'd ever been in mm-hmm. the UK, and an, an Indian American guy was going to be my office mate, and he said to me, I just want to warn you, the racism here against South Asians is like unparalleled. And I'm like, oh yeah, whatever. I grew up in Richmond, Virginia. I got this, yes. you know? So I go up the stairs, and I'm lugging my suitcase. And I get to the top and my law firm is paying a very ton of money for, for my apartment in South Kensington. Mm -hmm. And a white old white lady was the landlord. Mm -hmm. And I went to shake her hand and she put her hand behind her back and dropped the key on the ground because she didn't want to touch me. Sounds like And so it was like, literally it was, it was seriously crazy. And Regina and I last year did an interview with channel four in your, in your great, 
country. And um, it was a black woman <laughs> journalist who did the, it was going to be like an out, it was going to be a long story on us. And, mm-hmm. and the, sort of the ending was a Zoom interview she did with the two of us. And she asked me at the end, because I just tweeted, it was right after Rishi Sunak, you know, mm-hmm. white supremacy and brown face becomes elected. Mm-hmm. And I tweeted that. Nothing huge. Like, yes, he's a horrible person. A fact. Right? A fact. It, it's a fact. It's a fact. And so um, she asked me about it. What did you mean about that? And so I explained. Long story short, we get a we get a, a call the following week from her saying this has never happened in her career. But her bosses, the good white liberals of Channel 4, killed the interview, killed the story, saying it, it violated ethical standards. And it was based on something I had said. And I said, is it this thing? She said, yes. Long story short, she left because she said the way they talked about you was so vile. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, how can these people claim to not be racist? I mean, literally, the the monarchy, the queen, oh. like, look at the British Museum. Oh. You know, it's wild. It's it's all beautiful songs that you're singing right now. And I love the entire playlist because this is what I'm shouting about all of the time. I shout it, I whisper it. That's the whole um, nature, the whole premise of this podcast because Britain, there was something that you said in the documentary that I was just like, oh, like I'm so pissed that I missed the screenings and I missed the time that you were here because I want to do it again. I would love to do all of this again, have a screening again, but get some people in the room that would have avoided being in the room at that time. So you could really see the underbelly of Britain and see what we are talking about. Because can, Regina, let's go back. Let's do it. Let's okay. do it. Let's, we'll come let's, back. Yeah, let's do it. The reason I say that is because you mentioned how important niceness is to white women. And when we think about the construct of white womanhood or um, womanhood with a capital W as is has been purported and sold to us throughout the centuries, white supremacy, white, um, you know, um, hetero uh, uh, patriarchy um, needed white women to be or white womanhood to be a particular way so they could always have justification for going to war so they could fight for it. So all the rest of us aren't included in that because they're not trying to fight for us. So then one of the tenets of white womanhood or womanhood with a capital W surviving is niceness because that niceness is so inextricably linked to white supremacist heteropatriarchy. Because if you hurt our nice women or if we feel like our nice white women are in danger, we have every right to kill you, to annihilate you in order to protect them. And whether white women realize it or not, but more of them are starting to realize is that that niceness is what they weaponize against everybody else when they cry, when they do this, when they do that. So when you touched on it um, in the documentary, I had to just jump up and do a praise dance. I said, because let us start talking about how niceness, you know, it's dangerous. It's killing us all. It's killing us all. There are so many uh, black people who have been lynched in this country for not getting off the sidewalk when a white woman passes, asking a white woman for a glass of water, um, being a, you know, it's just, it's insane. And the biggest issue I have is the denial, the denial of whiteness and all of its violence. Yes. Yeah, I mean, I I had the um, privilege of going and Kalechi, if you ever have the chance to Montgomery, Alabama, to see the slavery museum down there and the lynching memorial. And this is in the past hundred years. This is recent history. 
They're stone my after lifetime. Stone <laughs> What's that? My lifetime. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's like this black man was lynched for annoying a white woman. This black family with children was lynched for walking too close to a white woman. This, this the white womanhood exists for this reason, exists for this reason. And, and pretending the feigned ignorance around it is the grand con. So let's pretend like it's not happening back to what Regina said. Like, let's not even acknowledge this. It's, it's, it's happening. And if you, if you don't acknowledge it, you can't change it. Mm. And so that's all we're doing. We also have a book out called white women everything you already know about your own racism and how to do better it's actually a new york times bestseller which is very exciting for us (laughs) yes and we talk about this perfectionism white white women perfectionism white silence white niceness and how it is killing us all white women are the foundation to white supremacy and pretending that's not the case enables it all to flourish and continue generation after generation that is so true and I love that you phrase it that way, that white women are the foundation of white supremacy because they birth the, we're talking about women who birth, you know, um, they birth the the men who go on to do this, the people who go on to um, uphold and white perpetuate. supremacy and yeah. perpetuate it. So they go on to mm-hmm. do that. And so the only way, I love that you say it that way, because oftentimes when we talk about white supremacist heteropatriarchy and all the ideological um you know, facets of that, people will say, well, I just don't know. What do you expect us to do? How do we get rid of it? We can't get rid of it in our lifetime. What do you expect us to do? And so when when you actually say it that way, that you lot are the foundation, like white women, you lot are the foundation of that. If you can deal with your rotten soil, then that means that all of these things that are growing, that are poisoned, can't continue to grow. So if the foundation is dealt with, essentially the structure then has to change. And so right. I love that that is how you approached it because honestly, I, I just, I just, I just stay cussing people. So this, this is a, yeah. this is a great way to look at and, it. Differently. And I always say they know, they know. And what they do is they pretend like they don't know because once you acknowledge something, you have to make a choice. You have to choose either I'm going to change or I'm going to continue. And when they see themselves as continuing, then they see themselves as a terrible person. So they never want to acknowledge it. So they don't have to make that choice. Yeah. And that's true as well. And I think that if your whole, um, identity if if your whole identity has been structured around your um complicity and your tethering to white men when you are asked and white supremacy when you are asked then to divest from white supremacy you see that as meaning that you must divest from your white men and who wants to divest from family who wants to leave family behind because that leaves you open you know that leaves you vulnerable to attack that leaves you vulnerable to the violence of other people and I think that that also plays a role in it that like you say a lot of white women do know and so if we were just honest about the fact that like why did you not vote for Trump why why did you vote for him because there was something you you had a choice between a white woman and a white horrid racist man and you still chose the man it wasn't even like they said to you come and vote for a black man or come and vote for a black woman they said vote for a white woman and you said nope mm-mm you know why? Well, yeah. you know why? Because they hate themselves and they hate each other. So white women's lack of self-love and deep hatred and competition with each other, they did they threw one of their own under the bus. Mm. So until and unless white women get themselves right, 
and get right with each other, they will continue because if they're doing this to themselves and to each other. And in this country, we have guns. Guns are the number one killer of kids in this country, including white kids. Mm -hmm. And they're not even showing up for their own kids. Mm -hmm. So that's, you know, if they're treating themselves, their kids and each other this way, imagine how they treat us. And we don't have to imagine it because we know how they treat us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that's so true. Because I remember looking at everything and going, wow, white women don't have a sisterhood. Like they, no, they don't no. have a sisterhood. And it's they interesting don't. to me because then I like to like look at the kind of um, et- um like etymological manifestations of things, right? So if we look at for, for instance Shakespearean theatre and how Macbeth and we look at the three witches and how they were depicted, anytime white women are gathered as more than one, it is vilified. So in when you look at literature all throughout, they're not encouraged generally when you they're not encouraged to come together they instantly become witches and when we think about the Salem witch trials and things like that so it has been programmed into white women for a very long time that you are better apart do not you know join together because where we see strength in numbers from the communities that we um you know where we originate from Mm -hmm. our lineage there's not that they're not shown white women are not shown strength in numbers when they get together, historically speaking? Well, they compete against each other. They get together and they compete against each other. They have to have the best house, the best dressed house, the best husband, the best kids. The best best highlights. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So they they are socialized to compete against each other. And, you know, I was so shocked to learn this. I was, do they really do that? And Sarah goes, yeah, they really do. Yeah. I mean, they like the, the, the way that their sisterhood is spin class, you know, (laughs) their sisterhood is happy hours. Uh, do they have each other's backs? No, they don't have their own backs. They don't have their children's backs. And so it is, it is a white supremacy, colonialism, capitalism, patriarchy, all of this has snatched their souls. Mm -hmm. And that is what we are dealing with today. We're dealing with this globally. It's happening in the UK. It's happening in the US. Look at climate catastrophe. Mm -hmm. That is white. That's all these things coming together. Look at what's happening in Maui. I mean, they're real estate developers preying on those folks' land. They're people snorkeling. They're white tourists snorkeling in, in waters where dead bodies are floating. I mean, this is a lack of humanity. You know, they've, they've lost it to the extent there ever was humanity because this country at least is a country founded on genocide of indigenous people, genocide and enslavement of African people, Chinese exclusion act, operation wetback, Muslim bans, Japanese internment. These are actual things in this country. And people are like, Oh my God, what's happened to America? We've lost our soul. What kind of fucking soul did America have to begin with? Talk about it. Talk about it because when even when and this is my problem, and I love that when you mentioned um Syrah about um I used to be a white feminist, a white woman trapped in a brown body, because I think so many of us, when we first enter into feminist discourse, we come through the pathway of white feminism, and then we've got to go, Whoa, what the fuck am I doing? Like, whoa, this is not my bag. <laughs> I need to come mm-hmm. out here immediately. Um, and then we start, you know, then we find where we fit. And I say that because I've struggled, for instance, with Obama, um, you know, where 
there would be certain things that he would tweet and he'll be like, this is not what we do as a nation. This is not who we are. And I'm like, when we as black people are purporting and are regurgitating rhetoric that is factually untrue. When we say we are not this, this is not who we are. Who is the we that we're talking about? If you're talking about America, exactly. this is exactly who America, like what and who America exactly. is. So exactly. can we, as you say, Regina, when do we start telling the truth? Because multiple things can be true at once. We need um, change in terms of who leads the country. We need all of those things. But also we do need the people who are doing those things to also tell the truth. Yes. Well, you know, that's our number one. That's our whole number one value is radical honesty. Mm -hmm. And we're always going to tell the truth. And if people's feelings get hurt, they get hurt, you know, (laughs) because it's not about your feelings. This is about people's lives and deaths, how they can live, how they die. So we have got to start to tell the truth. And if we have to keep pushing that narrative, we're going to keep pushing it. Yeah. And Kalechi, further to that, you know, Rishi Sunak is a good example. If you look at the U.S., um, there uh, there's a bunch of other South Asians in, in the U.K. wreaking havoc. Yes. But if you look at the U.S., Kamala Harris is is half black and half South Asian. Mm-hmm. And I'm very happy she's there. However, the first thing she did when she became vice president is go to Central America and look at about a bunch of brown faces and say, do not come. Yes. You know. Yes. What what good does it? And we have Indian folks here. Nikki Haley, a guy named um, by the last name of uh, he's he's an Indian guy running on on for the Republican Party, talking like all, all sorts of anti-black rhetoric, all sorts of xenophobic rhetoric against himself and others. Yes. This is white supremacy making a full circle is when we black and brown folks internalize it and just spew out the same things that we have been taught, you yes. know, and so the work has to be decolonial work, right? Yes. It has to be it has to be anti-whiteness work for all of us. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you're going to end up having a South Africa situation in this country because we're becoming blacker and browner. Mm-hmm. The census says in the next however de- few decades we will not be a majority white country anymore. Yeah. But if we don't do this work here, we're going to have a situation of, of of like a minority white group still controlling everything, you know? Yeah. So we see it we play all out even in Jamaica. Yes, we all have to tell the truth. And we see it even play out in Jamaica. I went to visit Jamaica recently and, and it was fascinating to me that a country that is like 95% black people, a lot of the resources are not owned by black people in Jamaica. And we, of course, we know why when we think about things historically, but it's that's the powerful nature of whiteness and white supremacy that even when the numbers are small, the impact is still so, so huge. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, there was you there was something that you mentioned there, even when we were talking about Rishi and the likes, when we consider the fact that whiteness as a construct, it shapeshifts. It shapeshifts. Yes. All it cares is about yes. absorbing, absorbing power. So regardless of our skin color, like it's about making us, you know, join. And this is exactly the way I feel about the monarchy. And like we said, multiple things can be true. The way that Meghan Markle was treated by Britain is abhorrent, like horrible. At the same time, when she's making a Netflix documentary and she's saying, you know, I was willing to join them as an organism. I could have made them faster, stronger, rah, 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 rah. It's like, baby girl, we don't want to make that institution faster and stronger <laughs> no. because people will die. Um, right. 
So I think about that and I think about, like you said, the climate justice conversation, um, all the things that we're seeing happening and white women who are respected, revered, really put on a pedestal in um, society are getting on stages at events and talking about overpopulation. I get so triggered when white women, white people start talking about overpopulation because it's an eco-fascist myth that, oh, we're just, there's too many people. So when you mentioned about the census in a few years, you know, there's going to be, there are going to be less white people, you know, across the board. When you hear overpopulation, that is the preempting of what's about to happen. And it's like, well, if you slow down, and this is why we're seeing Roe v. Wade and everything being overturned, I would say, because it's to yes. force white people to have more children. To have babies. And, yes. Right. Yeah. They could <laughs> care less about us aborting babies, but they want those white women having those babies. And there was an even a right-wing um, media guy who was on Instagram in a few days ago. And what he said is, yes, we see this going into... Uh, one of those situations where, uh, what's that red, Syrah, where the women are forced to have babies? Oh, the handmaid's tale. Oh, handmaid's tale. Handmaid's, handmaid's tale. tale. He yeah. said, yes, that's our vision. That's our vision for America. Yeah. He came out and said it. That's yeah. why Margaret Atwood could write that, though. That's why Margaret Atwood, she could put that out. And white women were fascinated by watching Handmaid's Tale. They were watching it under his eye, under his eye. They were watching it because I think that they knew that was what was coming. But it was funny that they would talk about it in a way that, imagine if that ever happened. Well, it did. How do you think that the plantations <laughs> were filled? How do you think the plantations were filled? It, it it's, literally it actually happening. It actually happened. Yeah, and, and like, you know, Prince William and... Kate going to Africa several years ago and talking about overpopulation. Meanwhile, she was pregnant with their third child. You yeah. know, it, it's, it's, it's all the same stuff. It's, it's all, and that's what I think is amazing, Kalechi. It's, it's all happening right now. And people are talking about it as it's dystopian. Yes. You know, that it's like science fiction and it's actually happening. And this happening. is back to feigned ignorance. It yes. is, you know, we don't have abortion rights now. And, and these newspapers are like doing story after story about this seventh grader was forced to have a baby and blah, blah, blah. Nobody came, like, where is, where are the white women in the streets? Yeah. White women were not in the streets last year when Roe versus Wade was overturned. They were at spin class. Yeah. They were at spin class. Yeah. Yeah. And what were your tight core? What will your tight core and your endurance do for you when the world is ending? What will you now do? Okay, you can raise your legs above your head. What will we now do with that information? <laughs> well, and the same thing goes to these billionaires, you know, these people who are destroying the world for profit. They're looking at building places in the desert where they think they're going to survive when the world is gone. You're like, get out of here. Yeah. Like leave it alone or wanting to go to another planet because they are already preempting destroying this. But, and so Syrah, when you say about um, decolonization and decolonizing our minds, decolonizing all of the things like our immediate environments and the world as a whole, the importance of that is absolutely the fact that if we do not White supremacist heteropatriarchy only knows destruction. So the longer That's we allow right. it to continue, the more of the world is destroyed. And I do believe that there is a point at which we can turn, not even necessarily turn back all of the nonsense that's been done, but we can at least slow it down a great deal. And we can't really do that when we're still holding celebrities, politicians, all of these people in high esteem, billionaires Agreed. in high esteem, where we Agreed. are yep. struggling. 
I agree. Yeah. And, and, you know, for me, just in the, in the context of climate, let's just use that as an example. Maui, mm-hmm. right, mm-hmm. one of America's crown jewels of colonization and, and rape tourism, I'll just say, like raping the land and the people mm-hmm. tourism. We don't care that Maui just burned to the ground. So how are we supposed to get anybody with power and money to care about Bangladesh? What's yes. happening in Bangladesh? What's happening in Kashmir? What's happening in that part of the world? They just don't, they, we don't care about our own. Yeah. And I think that has been the most striking for a lot of people. It's like, you know, we've been screaming for the rooftops. People who look like the three of us here have been screaming from, yes. from the rooftops. And the thing that's sort of been gutting for me is watching white folks not caring mm-hmm. about their own children dying by guns and dying by climate catastrophe. Cause if you don't mm-hmm. care about your own white kids, mm-hmm. how on earth are you going to care about anything else? That's, yeah, that's where so, we are. That's so true. And I wanted to touch on one of the women that's in the documentary when she says, you know, she talks about her son as a white male feeling victimized and all of that stuff. She was scary to me, but you know, and so she says something like, how do I talk to my son? How, how do I talk to my son? And that scared me because I was like, fam, you can't talk to the child you birthed. You, if you can't, what chance do the rest of us have? You know, and so I just like, I guess my question is, how do you keep the faith? Because I love how, you know, what the documentary explores and where it ends. And now you've got the book um, and, you know, it's doing so well as a bestseller and all of these things. But how do you, as um, two individuals, keep the faith? Because it scares me that white women can't talk to their husbands. They can't talk to their sons. And then they're out shooting people up in the streets. Regina? (laughs) You know, I am just one of those people that I don't really give up what anybody else thinks. I don't care what they think about me. I don't care what they say about, I just don't care. So that allows me to be very free. <laughs> mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. Um, I think for me, Kalechi, is I truly in the past, so I co-founded a movement to ban guns in America mm-hmm. and we had our first action in June and that's a whole other story. My faith has been tested this summer sincerely tested this summer and where I shake out Regina and I just had a race to dinner in South Florida this past weekend. And we had three women. How do we talk to our kids? How do we talk to our son specifically? And we were like, you literally just talk to them. You talk to them is what choice do we have? Kalechi? What choice do we have? And if we want um, humanity, our own, children, our own grandchildren, our own friends, ourselves to survive, we have to continue to have faith because they control everything. You know, it would be very easy to just say like, fuck them. Right. Mm -hmm. Which I want to say every minute of every day, where does that leave us? Look who is, who controls the resources. Look who controls our governments. Look who, yeah, the the money and everything. And so trying to get them to unfuck themselves is very important to that. And so I think that we keep the faith or I keep the faith in this moment today because there's no other choice. And I want my kids to be able to have food and water Mm. um, as they grow into adults. I agree. And I mean, we're still there looking at Flint, still not having clean water. We're talking about a country that goes, we're the greatest country in the world. We are, this is the greatest country in the world. But fam, you don't have (laughs) clean water. You don't, the water's brown. The water's brown. What do you mean? What do you mean? Like greatest country in the world where people are starving, like starving. You're talking about shithole countries. Have you looked at some of the areas? Like cities are going bankrupt. What? 
I know. It, it's, it's a win. Bridges are collapsing. Dissonance. Yes. Buildings are collapsing. Subways are collapsing. Sinkholes. Um, home, million dollar homes in, in Colorado, Alaska, LA have burned and fallen into canyons. And we're like, oh my God, Taylor Swift's concert. <laughs> like, let's kill each other to get, like, literally knife fight each other to get tickets to that. I mean, it's a dystopia. We're living in dystopia. Yeah. And, Regina, how did you do with having that woman sat next to you? The one that she said, oh, Marnie. Oh, girl. Girl, it was hard. It was was very hard. I kept looking at her and she kept, you know, she she wanted to debate me, but it was really tough. I mean, she was... uh, a piece of work and she never got she she never got back with us for feedback or anything but um you know i would say she was as much in pretense as anybody i've ever seen at any of these dinners okay you know even though her husband is half mexican yeah well, she made sure to <laughs> say like, that yeah. yes 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 she's pretending that she doesn't know that this exists well she even said well it may exist but i don't know about it well that's because you're in this little cocoon of whiteness you need to get out of your own community you need to go to some cultural events you need to spend time in other communities and white people they don't have to do that especially in denver we call denver white conda (laughs) white conda There's so many white people in Denver. Um, wow. So that's really the issue. If you if if you keep doing what you're doing, you're going to keep getting what you got. And we're that way on um, getting to know each other and having community. We're that way on gun violence. We're that way on black community. So nothing much has changed, but that doesn't mean I'm going to stop doing the work. No, thank you so much for doing the work. And I really appreciate Genevieve, you know, um, like we know, of course, we know the importance of doing what we're all doing in this fight of, you know, anti-racism, deconstructing whiteness and all of the things that we see. But how important has it been for you personally having a white ally, a white ally who gets it? So when you say I don't trust white women, they don't get in their feelings like that one over there that started shouting up and down but you know that they they understand that I can understand why you would say that you don't trust white women how important has that been for you and doing the work that you do especially with race to dinner and getting this film out everything and the book how has it been for you in terms of allyship well quite honestly you heard (laughs) me say I, I I don't trust white women never have never will you know and Every once in a while, somebody will come. And and I'm not really interested in allyship. If you want to support me, I need you to be an accomplice. I need you to get down in the dirt doing the work. So, you know, white women come and go because at some point in time, their whiteness impacts their decision making. And I have to say goodbye. Yeah. Yeah. And I would I would agree, Kalechi, you know, I've come around to the, I don't trust any white women. There is a, um, do I love some? Absolutely. Yeah. And we work with them. Yes. Cause that's what we do regularly. But in terms of trust, there's always a breaking point. There's always a point where their feelings get hurt 
and all of the centuries of conditioning come spewing out. Yeah. And um, there's a breaking point. So this is a, you know, we are de- like white women need to just get themselves right. Yeah. White women have to, and we have provided, you know, we have this book, we have this film, we do events all over the place. We, we, how much can we do? And, and at some point they want us to be their anti-racism nannies. Yes. And that's just not going to happen. It doesn't work, you know? I hear you. I, cause when you said it, I thought it was so refreshing and liberating to hear because I don't think I've, no, I have. I, I've said on the podcast before, if a white woman is smiling at me and she's telling me something, whatever she's telling me, I'm taking it as a lie. Like I'm not, I'm, <laughs> if they're giving me directions and they're like, oh, so what you want to do? You just want to go straight down and then you want to go right? I'm doing the absolute opposite. I'm doing a U-turn. I'm going the other way. I'm going the other way. So... <laughs> well, you know, Kalechi, I think one of the things that is true for black and brown women is we don't have the luxury of being up in our feelings about everything. Yes. We don't have the luxury of, you know, getting to not participate in our community. That's a privilege that yeah. white people have that we don't have. Yeah, we don't get to be loners, you know. We don't we don't get that like somebody shoots up a place um wherever so many shootings have happened my god they shoot up a place and then instantly the media jump up and they're like oh they were a lone wolf it looks like they were acting no. alone but no. a brown skin person can shoot up somewhere and then it's like oh well we have to find the you know the the organization all the that brown skin of. people what, yeah why 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 do they have to be part of an organization mm-hmm. why couldn't they in individually have just had enough the same way that you claim that white people have had enough. Why couldn't they just as individuals had just had enough? And we don't talk enough. Well, you both clearly do. But the radicalization of white men is happening at an exponential rate because of the oh, globalization yes. that we have from yes. social media. So this fight about um, against people like Andrew Tate and things like that is so important because you don't know the things that these young boys, young women even are watching because there's that other one now. She's popped up, this white girl, something called Pearl. I don't know what her name is. But her video, I see it pop up on social media every once in a while. And I'm like, this is extremely dangerous because she's essentially helping to groom young white girls, young white women into an into a narrative of being subservient to essentially subservient yes, to white yes. boys and yeah. men. Yeah. And so this whole cycle continues. 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 You know, a, a good example of all of this is look at September 11th. And by the way, I was coming into the World Trade Center on September 11, 2001. Wow. And I remember over, I left my apartment building as a model minority and I came home that night barefoot and bleeding as a terrorist. That's how fast it it changes. Like, you know, and the Department of Homeland Security was formed overnight. You know, the destruction of how many countries at our behest happened after that. The criminalization of people who look like me happened like that. Mm -hmm. January 6th. We're not even calling that a terrorist attack. We're not. We're calling that an insurrection. Was there the criminalization of white people after that? That was white people. That was all fucking white people. Was there even one iota of let's let's create the department of anti-white people after that? No. No, No, because that would have been a problem. Well, if I did that as a white person, you do it. All the time. <laughs> the like, time. You do it every day. Well, what All if I time. had a white history month? You have a white history <laughs> life. <laughs> you have a white history. And also, actually, even that is inaccurate because we don't teach white history so as to pres- um, to absolve white people of the guilt 
of facing head on the violence that's been committed. We just sort of talk about, oh, and then this sort of happened and there was this civil rights movement and where, hey, Martin Luther King white savior. saved the way, saved the day. White savior. White saviorism. You know, in Bath, in the UK, there's only one line in like the Heritage Cultural Center because, you know, the, the white Brits like to pretend like you all, not you, that yeah. they had nothing to do with the transatlantic slave yeah. trade. Um, when they fund, like the, the banks in the UK funded the whole operation. Yeah. And there was just one line that said, there's sort of an unfortunate history around some of the buildings. <laughs> yeah. Literally. And then like a picture of the queen right next to it. And, and that's what I'm saying. So up. when, so that's what I'm saying. So when you went to Bath and you did the talk, I kind of know the kind of people who have showed, who would have showed up. So like you mentioned about, you know, um, at the beginning of the documentary, Martin Luther King's speech, that what, you know, I'm frustrated by is the silence of, you know, the, the these liberals, these ones. That's, that's what I'm more scared of. There is a whole big industry of liberal white people who can say just enough of the right thing so it looks like they've got it covered. Oh, I'm happy to be uncomfortable. No, the hell you're not. And everybody loves everybody else's blacks, browns. They love that. So you come over from America and you have this conversation with them. Oh, they're going to listen because at the back of their mind, that's a you problem. That's an America problem. That's not our yes. problem. Then they have somebody yes. who's maybe co-hosting with you and it's a black person that they recognize, same accent, same everything. Then you'll see the man, you know, the, the iterations, the, you know, the regurgitations of certain um, like law and myths start coming out of them the same way that we saw in the documentary. It is, it's tough, but I love that everywhere I look, we're doing the work. And I'm just grateful that, you know, you're doing such amazing work. And um, so the, in terms of your book, we've now got it in the UK. It's yeah, you can get it anywhere. Perfect. We'll send you a copy after this. Just send us your address. We'll send you a copy. Perfect. Cause it will be great to um, read and have a talk about that as well. But should you want to come back whenever you know, let's, let's, let's do, do it, it. Regina. Let's, <laughs> let's plan on 2024. Amen. Let's plan. That'll okay. be amazing. Cause then we can talk about the book as well yep. and really see how people have, you know, what people have learned since. Um, yes. Wonderful. Conversation. But Wonderful. thank you both so much for joining thank me. You. Thank you for having pleasure. us. <laughs> nice thank meeting you. you. I look forward to keeping up with you. <laughs> thank you so much. Okay. I'll speak to you soon. Bye. Bye. Okay. Bye. Well, I hope you enjoyed that conversation between myself, um, Regina and Sarah. Um, go and get the book. Definitely, definitely watch the documentary. It is really something. I think it's available on Apple TV. So you can watch it on there. But um, we'll look it up. But don't be surprised that on IMDb, it's got three stars. I wonder, I wonder why. I wonder who went on there. And decided to keep going and, you know, kept going on there to give it such low stars. I wonder who, I just wonder who would have thought, like, who would have thought to do that. But again, when you don't want to hear, eventually one way or another, you'll feel. Well, going from talking about deconstructing one Karen, let's go to another Karen on So You Mad. Well, of course, two slaps in your chest, Syrah. And Regina for doing such incredible work For being such baby girls I rate it, I respect it Thank you um, But yeah, let's jump from deconstructing one Karen To deconstructing another So, a video went viral uh, I want to say uh, last week Where we saw a woman who was filmed Kicking and slapping um, a horse She's reached... <laughs> 
Sorry, I'm laughing at her name. I'm laughing at her name. Sorry. Woman filmed kicking and slapping horse cleared of animal cruelty. Remember that, remember that there was that footballer. What was he doing? Was he like, he was doing something mean to a cat. Let me look it up. He was doing something mean to a cat. And they everybody was quick then to be like, no, um, you know, he must feel the full um, breadth and depth of the law and all of that. Um, Kurt Zuma, that was his name, a video of West Ham footballer Kurt Zuma. Um, he was ordered to, let's see, compare it. West Ham footballer Kurt Zuma ordered to do community service over cat abuse. He's also been banned from keeping cats for five years after footage of him kicking and slapping pets went viral. The Premier League footballer Kurt Zuma has been ordered to carry out 180 hours of community service and banned from keeping cats for five years um, for kicking and slapping his cat. The 27-year-old West Ham and France defender prompted widespread condemnation after footage filmed by his brother, Johan Zuma, emerged of Zuma and uh, volleying the pet across his kitchen before throwing a pair of shoes at it and slapping its head. Sentencing the brothers at the 15-minute hearing, the district judge, Susan Holdham, said, both of you took part in this disgraceful and reprehensible act with this pet. Uh, with this pet cat You must be aware that others look up to you And many young people aspire to emulate you She added the cat looked up to you To care for its needs On that date in February you did not provide for its needs um, The judge said both men Expressed genuine remorse um, Kurt, uh, Kurt Zuma was also Ordered to pay court costs Of nearly £9,000 His brother was ordered to carry out 140 hours community service And also banned from owning cats for five years Um Yes. So that was, when was that? That was 2022, June, 2022, that, that they came to that conclusion. So now we are in uh, August, 2023. And it says here, Sarah molds, of course, you're moldy, your pom pom's moldy. I can just tell, I could tell you've got a moldy pom. You're nasty, rancid woman. Sarah molds 39. Jesus says she received death threats and family went into hiding after video went viral. A teacher who lost her job after she was filmed kicking and striking a horse has been cleared of animal cruelty. So both words, I'm reading it from the same website, right? Both articles are from The Guardian. The only thing that changes is that two are black men and this is a white woman with um, straw-like looking hair. Sarah Moldy, also known as Sarah Moulds, um, was found guilty of not causing unnecessary suffering to a protected animal, her grey pony named Bruce Almighty. And because you named him Bruce Almighty, God will strike you down. God will strike you down for the way that you treated that horse. She was filmed by a hunt saboteur group striking the animal in Gunby, Lincolnshire on 6th of November 2021 and lost her job as a primary school teacher a month later. And damn right, somebody who is kicking and slapping horses does not need to be anywhere near children. Oh, I can't. Here we go. I'm looking at Sarah Moulds, 39, and I can't, I can't believe that she could be accused of such a thing. I don't know what I expect a horse abuser to look like or an alleged horse abuser but not her. I'm not shocked because she's white and blonde. I'm shocked because she's a primary school teacher and surely primary school teachers don't behave in this way. 
isn't that's what you'll tell us next that it's not because she's a white woman that you're shocked it's because she's a primary school teacher or she's a nurse or she's a this or she's a that anyway no school should give this woman a job no school no primary school no secondary school no school for rats and mice should give this woman another job she was filmed by the Hunt Saboteur group, rah, 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 rah. She lost her job as a primary school teacher a month later. She was later prosecuted by the RSPCA under the Animal Welfare Act 2006. After a three-day trial at Lincoln Crown Court, she was cleared by the jury who had deliberated for more than five hours. Moulds and several friends and family also in court wept as the verdict was delivered. Giving evidence during the trial, Mould said her life had been torn to pieces by the incident, which was viewed millions of times when the video went viral on social media. I certainly will never strike a horse, discipline a horse in that manner because, um, um what's it? I was, I certainly will never strike a horse, discipline a horse in that manner because my life has been torn to pieces as a result of that four second decision she said adding that she had received death threats and been forced to go into hiding my intention was to discipline Bruce in the moment so that he does not do it again there was minimal contact and it was so quick and so short this time because we caught you on camera this time. If Bruce Almighty was doing anything to you, it's because it knows that you're a raggedy bitch. And so Bruce, when when animals act out in that way, it's because you've been batting them, you've been batting them up previously. And so they have to defend themselves because they know that you're nasty and you're rancid and you're moldy. They know that. Um, Mold said she still owned the horse and that he lived an idyllic life. No, not when you're hitting it. That he lived an idyllic life with her family She claimed the pony was standing on a grass verge At the side of the road With a child holding on to its lead rope When it unexpectedly started moving into the road Dragging the child behind The child let go of the rope And when the horse was recaptured by moulds She kicked it in the chest and, and struck its face several times See now she's mentioning a child So I should feel like Oh but why were you letting the child Hold the reins in the first place And I Is the child in the room with us now The equine um, veterinary surgeon Suzanne Green Told the court the horse Would have been in pain and fear And said Mould's actions Were not proportionate or appropriate That horse has got nowhere to go He's not fighting back He's not hurting her He's just trying to get away She said An examination of the animal on 16th of November 2021 Showed the horse had no physical or external injuries And was in good health When interviewed by an RSPCA inspector After the incident Mould said Bruce is a child's pony And I'd left him stood in a safe place With two, with the two children If I hadn't chastised him And he continued to behave in this manner Then it would not be appropriate for him To be handled by children No, because you, there were other ways That you could have let him know You could have let Bruce know That you wanted him to behave differently And what you're, and you're wrong Because violence begets violence If you're treating him that way And he knows that it's associated with children He's going to feel resentment Towards the children And one day might just b- Kick back In their in, in their chest He might just So you don't solve the thing By being violent Towards the, the horse You don't 
She said she and her family had received death threats, including one in a Christmas card delivered to her home over the incident, claiming in her evidence that her family had to go into hiding for several days due to the backlash. She said it is profoundly troubling that in this digital age, misinformation can spread like wildfire, leading to premature judgments and jeopardizing the lives and careers of innocent individuals. You're not innocent. A snippet of the video was taken out of context and manipulated to paint a picture of me that is entirely at odds with who I am. I adore my animals and have dedicated my life to teaching and nurturing young minds. It was heart-wrenching to be so wrongly and publicly maligned. Don't go anywhere near children again. It is crucial to understand that what we see on the internet, especially on platforms like Twitter and Facebook, is often a fragmented version of the truth. The jury's decision today has vindicated me. However, the damage from the last 20 months trial by social media is irreversible. The loss of my career, the hand-delivered death threats to me and my children, and the distress caused to my family cannot be undone. My loved ones have had to watch powerlessly as our lives unraveled based on falsehoods. Um, She also went on to say at some point that there are two sides to a story. And I wish I could get Bruce in here, but you're holding him captive. I wish I could get Bruce in here so he could go, bitch. Because, and it's, I feel so hypocritical because I say this all the time. I really don't like animals being harmed, but how can I talk as somebody that eats meat? Do you get what I mean? Like, this is why I know I have to divest from meat eating. And because I felt so sad when I watched that video, I felt so sad because the horse is badder than you. Like that pony is badder than you and can actually bad you up. But it's taking your abuse I don't know ma'am And of course I don't want anyone to receive death threats Because I'm going to go on to that shortly Um, And what I've experienced as a result of Novara Media and GB News But I just wanted to point out that No, don't go around hitting horses I don't believe you I don't believe you And I don't I just don't feel comfortable With the way that you were Kicking up And slapping that horse I just, I just don't think That you should be around Young children That can't speak up For themselves Because you'll come up With another excuse As to why it was okay To brock them up too So stay far away um, I saw another Troubling story About the research Is it the research Medical council Medical research council Medical research council and how they were, I have to find a story because it was so worrying. Like, and this is the thing people will jump up and be like, oh, why are you saying that this has anything to be to do with race? It's so incredibly reductive, like your mom's pussy, you dickhead. But you'll say that when we know medical racism exists and the misogyny generally across the board as it pertains to the medical industry is so rampant. But we're crazy for thinking such, according to some of you. Um, yeah, really, really, really worrying story. Um, I hope I can find it because there's so much to cover here. Oh God. Search for women in Coventry in 1960s, um, who were fed radioactive chapatis. Researchers are looking for South Asian women who were fed radioactive chapatis in the 1960s as part of a study looking at iron absorption. Um, Taiwo Owatemi, um, um, Owatemi um, MP said she was deeply concerned about the study in Coventry funded by the Medical Research Council, MRC. It seems that consent was not sought nor proper information given to women at the time they took part. 
An MRC spokesperson said an independent inquiry had examined questions raised. The independent report published in 1998 found research practice uh, practice ethics and regulation had moved on significantly and had directly resulted in new guidance, the MRC said. The inquiry report was commissioned in response to a documentary on Channel 4 in 1995, which raised concerns about participants, including pregnant women, being able to consent to the experiments. Um, It was reported in 1995 that about 21 women were involved in the experiment after seeking medical help from a city GP for minor ailments. The study was carried out due to concerns of widespread anemia among Asian women and researchers suspected traditional South Asian diets were to blame. Chapatis containing iron-59 and iron isotope with a gamma-beta emitter were delivered to participants' homes. They would later be invited to a research facility in Oxfordshire to have their radiation levels assessed. It was reported that the MRC said the study proved that Asian women should take extra iron because the iron in the flour was insoluble. Um, in a post on X, formerly known as Twitter, God, Ms. Owatami MP for Coventry Northwest said there continue to be deep worry amongst the South Asian community in the city. She said a University of Warwick researcher was now seeking to identify women affected, adding she was deeply disturbed they may have been targeted for research in 1969 without being able to give informed consent. Um, I will be calling for a debate on this as soon as possible after Parliament returns in September, she said, adding it had seemed no follow-up um, morbid. Um, um, what's it? Adding it had seemed no follow-up morbidity study had been performed to look at the long-term medical effects. Mr. Owatemi added it would be followed by a full statutory inquiry into why the recommendation of the MRC report to identify the women affected was never followed up. Um, in a statement posted online on Wednesday, the MRC said it remained committed to the highest standards, including commitment to engagement, openness and transparency. What the fuck does that even mean? The issues were considered following the broadcast of the documentary in 1995 and an independent inquiry was established at that time to examine the questions raised. They added, so you're basically saying that they've already checked us before. Yeah, we fucked around and what? And this is the thing. Why could, how could and why did they target South Asian women in that way? You'll tell me that race had nothing to do with it. That ethnicity had nothing to do with it. You're going to tell me that, right? You the same pussy class that say that you have an independent media platform, you fucking bastards. Because just because you fail to see the ways in which um the medical industry is inherently anti-black and brown people, just because you can't see it doesn't mean that the rest of us fucking can't. And that so therefore we notice things that might go over your stupid heads. Even though some of you, one of you or so, however many of you, you're part of that community. Rancid cunts. I hope that um, something comes of this. And I'm so, so sorry to all of the women who are much older now who um, took part in that, that horrendous. To me, it feels like eugenics who took part in that study without knowing what they were taking part in. They just thought, oh, look at them giving us chapatis. Not knowing what you not knowing what was being done. I'm disgusted. Because it reminds me of the um the Tuskegee trials as well. How our non-white bodies just seem like a great place, 
um, you know, testing ground for so many things. And I've mentioned it on this show before. Before we had the concentration camps rolled out and the chambers, the gas chambers and all of that rolled out in Germany and around Europe, they were first tested in Namibia. So don't ever in your fucking life, in your godforsaken bitch of a life, ever try to test me or my knowledge about how things interconnect just because you want to be the poster children of some radical left wing when actually you're only pushing forward, ever pushing forward white supremacist ideology. Fuck you for an eternity. Let's get on. Let's get on with it. So I wanted to share that and my heart goes out to all of those people. And if you've got family that were around um, in them times around Coventry, um, and they are South Asian, encourage them to get in contact if they, you know, happen to be a part of that study by and not realizing it because the long-term effects are necessary to examine because I feel like a class action suit is right in there because there might be like ailments and things happening in your bloodline, in your family right now that's directly linked to what these motherfuckers were doing in the first place. Um, in another tale of wildness and patriarchy, Luis Rubiales, is it? Um, basically, um, that um, FA president of the Football Association. Um, FIFA suspends embattled Spanish football chief amid World Cup kiss row. I don't like why, how they call it kiss row as if like we are we are torn. I mean, some people feel like they're torn as to what they saw, but a lot of people saw what they saw. Luis went to go and kiss Jenny Hermosa Or is it Hermosa Against her will Like okay Spain have won the World Cup England But Spain have gone on to win the World Cup The Women's World Cup All right, So they're celebrating collecting the trophies And you decide to kiss the captain on the lips Out of nowhere If this is what you're doing in public I don't know what you've done in private To other women who work for or around you because and to see the way that the Spanish Football Association were even prepared, they were prepared to take um, Jenny to court. The 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 woman that was kissed, the, they were ready to take her to court for lying about consenting to the kiss. We all watched it on TV. Like she didn't. She just came up to come and shake hands. Like she didn't consent to anything. What? And then he, Lewis talks about, oh, but I've done it to my daughters. And I, somebody needs to take your daughters away from you because this is wild. Despite, despite mounting pressure on the head of Spanish football um, to stand down after he kissed Spain's Jenny Hermoso, Hermoso which, um, did I say Jesse? No, I said Jenny. Jenny Hermoso, which um, she said she didn't consent to. Luis Rubiales has since said he will defend himself so that the truth prevails and complete innocence is proven. We saw you. Can you not see the nature of patriarchy when we saw the man do the thing? Yet he's telling us to our face that you imagined it, telling all of us that it's imagined. But now if some of us, if we now say that this is inextricably linked to sexism and patriarchy, I bet that your wayward bitch of a network will now turn around and be like, it's incredibly reductive to say that this happened because they're women, because we actually need to look at the structure of football as a whole to understand what's really happening. Fuck you in this life and every life that you'll use to make up the fuckery that you've done in this one. Woo. 
Ooh. Ooh, Chile. The 46-year-old has refused to step down despite mounting pressure from within Spanish football and the government. He grabbed player Jenny Hermoso and kissed her on the lips during the awards ceremony following Spain's victory over England. I can't celebrate any colonizers. I'm so sorry. Last um, last Sunday in Sydney, Australia. Um, FIFA said it had suspended Mr. Rubiales um, from all football-related activities at national and international level. He has also been ordered not to contact or attempt to contact Hermoso for the duration of his suspension. This suspension, which will be effective as of today, is for an initial ninety um, initial period of 90 days pending the disciplinary proceedings. The Spanish Football Federation confirmed it had received notification of the suspension from FIFA and that Mr. Rubiales will defend himself so that the truth prevails and complete innocence is proven. Vice President Pedro Roca will be acting president, the federation added. Um, Football, federal, I don't know, whatever. Um, 11 coaching and technical staff across Spanish football have resigned. In a statement on Saturday afternoon, the 11, who did not include women's head coach, um, Jorge Vildas, said they condemned the actions of Luis Rubiales at last weekend's medal ceremony. They supported the account of Jenny, Jenny Hormoso and um, criticized unacceptable statements made by Mr. Rubiales. Um, the staff said Mr. Rubiales's account does not reflect the events which followed Spain's victory over England. Um, the standoff comes amid an escalating row. Hermoso, a 33-year-old forward, said in no moment did she consent to the kiss. She and her teammates had vowed not to play for Spain again days after the, and winning the World Cup for the first time. And this is how men ruin everything. A victory. While I said I don't celebrate colonizers, I'm, you know, any. The victory, the women have gone further than some of the men sometimes in a lot of these situations. But I'm not saying that about Spain because I know Spain has won some things, whatever. What I'm saying in this situation is that these women have done something great. Their moment was stolen from them because a man thought that he could he could just violate boundaries and touch this woman anyhow. Have you lips men like that? Louise, because you said that it doesn't mean anything and it's just the passion of the moment. Have you lips the men? Have you lips the Spanish, the male Spanish footballers? Have you lips them like that? Because if you haven't, then you need to shut the fuck up. Because you did it. If, if Unless you can show me a video of you lipsing the men, lipsing the men to that extent, out of nowhere, grabbing them up and lipsing them. And saying that, oh, it's just, it's just, um, you know, it's just the passion. Um, we're so happy. It was just joyful. If you can't show me you lipsing men like that, then that means you did it because Jenny's a woman. And you thought that that was okay. Thus, this is sexist. Oh, God. She and her teammates have vowed not to play for Spain again days after winning the World Cup for the first time. A momentous occasion fucked up by a man. The country's football federation has stood by its president, who says the kiss was consensual and threatened legal action to defend him. So, for those of you who run media platforms and you struggle to use um, the power of common sense and comprehension, can you see how a system can support somebody doing wrong. Luis Rubiales is in the wrong. The Football Federation in Spain 
gathered around him to say, no, he's not in the wrong, even though the rest of us saw him being in the wrong, especially as women, we saw him being in the wrong. They then threaten legal action. So they try to use the power of the system against the individual who has already been harmed by the system or an individual within that system. So if you can understand it about sexism, why can your brains not fucking click to understand it about race and how you are complicit in white supremacy through your actions for however long, but specifically your actions over the past few weeks or this week in particular? In a lengthy statement issued earlier Saturday, the Federation showed a series of images it claimed show Mr. Ruby and Rubiales was not lying. Mr. President's feet are ostensibly lifted from the ground as a result of the player's actions, the statement said. The tests are conclusive. Mr. President has not lied. Um, the RFEF and Mr. President will demonstrate each of the lies that are spread either by... Um, someone on behalf of the player or, if applicable, by the player herself. The statement threatened legal action, saying that playing for the national team is an obligation for all members of the federation if they are called up. Is this war? Is this fucking war? What do you mean if I'm called up? I can't play out. I hurt my foot. I'm not playing. What now? I'm on my period. No, I can't play. What now? The federation said it regretted the row was taking away from the World Cup success it wanted to celebrate. Mr. Rubiales claimed the kiss was mutual and with consent at a meeting of the Spanish Football Federation's General Assembly on Friday. He added he was the victim of a witch hunt by false feminists. Wow. After that, false feminists, you know what that sounds like? Anti-white racist. Yeah. Reverse racist. After rapidly repeating, I won't resign five times. And then people clapped for him when he said this. They clapped. In the version of events Mr. Rubiales gave to the assembly, he said Hermoso had lifted him up in celebration and he asked her for a little kiss and she said yes. The kiss was the same I could give one of my daughters. I am so disgusted. He said he would defend his honour in court against politicians, including two ministers who called his kiss an act of sexual violence, which it was. Um... Mr. Rubiales cannot be sacked by the government, but the head of the state-run sports council, Victor Franco, says it will use a legal procedure in a sports tribunal. We want this to be a Me Too of Spanish soccer, Mr. Franco said. People have gathered outside the Spanish Soccer Federation in Madrid to protest against Mr. Rubiales, with some carrying banners or holding up red cards. Before the kiss, he had grabbed his crotch in a lewd victory gesture from the section of dignitaries at the stadium with Spain's Queen Letizia and the 16-year-old Princess Infanta Sofia standing nearby. Um, the controversy has overshadowed the final and Spain's first triumph in the global tournament. The team arrived back in Madrid after delivering a heartbreak to England. Well, <laughs> with Olga Carmona's first half... Um, goal proving too much for the Lionesses. Aww. Hermoso started the match in the World Cup final in Sydney, but was denied the chance to get on the score sheet after a penalty was stopped by England's goalkeeper, whatever her name is. Um, I know the name, I'm just not reading it. Um, all very sad. I, I said she was the captain. I don't actually know. Child, I, I stopped following. I don't care anymore um, about the whole football as a whole, but I care about this. I care about this and how 
women are harmed all of the time. I care about this and I'm disgusted. But again, it's showing us how all of these things play out in real time. So going from one alleged predator to another predator, I guess, from So You Mad, we now move on to Straw of the Week, a.k.a. Suck Your Mum. Tim Westwood was booked to perform at or to play at two carnival parties. So to the two uh, promoters or whoever who booked Tim Westwood, I need you to suck your mother dry till you pass out. That's what I need. Says here, there is anger at Tim Westwood being scheduled to host two parties over the carnival weekend. The controversial DJ has been accused of six reports of sexual offenses against black women. So now let's, let's take it back. Do, 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 do. Teaching time with Kalechi. Hello, everyone. Welcome today. We're going to learn how racism and sexism intersect to give us misogynoir. I just spoke to you about Luis Rubiales and what he did to Jenny Hermoso and how the whole system was trying to pretend like Luis Rubiales did nothing wrong because the system supports patriarchy. Tim Westwood has been accused numerous times of sexually violating black girls. Due to the constructs and the mechanisms surrounding racism, as well as the constructs and mechanisms that uphold sexism, when these two combine racism and sexism, black girls and women are rarely protected and are frequently harmed. I hope that explains everything for you fucking idiots that can't seem to get it. Continued. There is anger at Tim Westwood being scheduled to host two parties over the carnival weekend. The controversial DJ has been accused of six reports of sexual offences against black women, which are being investigated by police. Westwood has strenuously denied all the allegations. This weekend, Westwood is due to host two parties in South London. As hundreds of thousands of people are expected to attend this year's Notting Hill Carnival in West London. The first event, which is called the Getting Litty Day Party, is scheduled to take place on Saturday Saturday at the Ravensbury in Croydon, South London. Westwood is also scheduled to host a carnival after party on Bank Holiday Monday, 28th of August at Hatch Nightclub in Lewisham. South London, I'm so disappointed in you. So, so disappointed in you because North, West, and I'm always gunning them lot because I don't even consider them sometimes, not North, but West, to be part of like London. But then Croydon, I don't know. Anyway, South London, I'm so disappointed because of all of us, of all the boroughs, of all the sides, we should not be the one that's encouraging this fuckery. Why is he here? Why? His age mates are using their freedom pass. Are, do, are they, did they take freedom passes away? I don't even know what the Tories are doing anymore. But your age mates are using freedom pass to explore and to learn about the history of London. You, you're there preying on black women, playing, preying on black girls. Anyway. Oh, this one. I'm not reading her name. She's rather nasty. Very nasty to me. Um, Yuck. 
I won't be promoting her, that's for sure. Very, very nasty woman. Um, anyway, don't need to read on for the rest of that. All I'm saying is that he shouldn't be hosting day parties. He shouldn't be hosting night parties. He shouldn't be hosting parties. If he wants to go and do any party, let him go and do it at one of the nursing homes. Like let him go and be there with his friends. Like don't, you don't need, in fact, don't be there because you're so predatory. I don't want you to go and harm other vulnerable people. I don't want to be like Matt Hancock saying to you that nursing homes are great places for you to just go and um, mistreat people. So don't go there either. Don't go anywhere. Can they just not keep him inside the house? Just keep him there. Anytime he tries to go out, an alarm goes off and goes, no, baby, get back inside. No tight pom-poms for you. No more. Leave the black girls alone. No, baby. That's what I want. So, no. No to Tim. And everybody who's booked him, suck out. Tim Westwood, you suck out too. Um, well, that covers that part. Let's get to the nitty gritty of this week. My supreme straw of the week. Many straws, in fact. As I've alluded to throughout this episode, my straw of the week goes out to GB News, goes out to Quasi Quateng, goes out to Dan Wooten, goes out to Navara Media, namely Aaron Bastani, nay, um, Aaron Peters. That was his, he's changed his surname because he wanted to have his dad's Iranian surname, maybe to make him feel a bit more ethnic, um, even though his mum raised him for most of his life. But, you know, he wanted to patriarchy, connect with his dad. Yeah. Um, so Aaron Bastani, aka Aaron Peters, as well as Michael Walker, you're a non-entity, but we'll put you in there too. Um, why am I mentioning all of these people? It's important that I mention these people because of the number of threats and um, horrid messages I've received over the past few days. Why did I get those messages? Well, because Aaron and Michael, as well as Ash, who all um, deal and are involved in the godforsaken Novara media that they claim is meant to be some kind of leftist independent news platform. But clearly they've been um, corrupted um, over time because um, increasingly, worryingly, they seem to want to um, overshadow and um, repress or harm black women. Um, specifically, it's becoming more and more noticeable. It's played off as this little faux pas online, but it's actually rather sinister. But we'll get into that some more. So as you remember, last week I posted the video um, of um, about Lucy Letby and my um, observations about the way that the media were talking about her as if, you know, the, oh my God, this angel, we just wouldn't expect it. We can't believe this, can't believe this. And I was like, what do you mean you can't believe it? What do you mean you can't believe it? As if, because what's the subtextually, what you're saying to us that you can't believe is that she's a white woman and she's done this. When actually, if we look at it historically, there have been lots of incidents of violence from white women towards a lot of people. So it's not like an anomaly. It is something that very, like, there were laws that had to be put in place um, during um, the times of, you know, the transatlantic slave trade Because the white women, the plantation owners Kept killing 
the black children They would beat them so much Torture them so much That they would kill them So laws had to be put in place To stop them Not because they cared about The humanity of the children But because they were destroying property And so you'll now be like But I don't see how that's relevant now And that is why I'm your fucking mummy That is why I'm the mummy of this This is why I'm your fucking mummy And all of you lot are my little babies Petulant Petulant Nasty no, I won't give birth, birth to nasty, petulant babies. In fact, I rebuke it. Olorumaje. I rebuke it. But all of you are my fucking sons because you can't connect the dots. And so some of you have been used to getting patted on the back and patted on the head by white liberals for so long that that, that they don't actually want any change They want somewhere comfortable Where they feel like they've tolerated seeing your face Telling them the things that you've told them enough And they feel like, well, that's enough work for me So you're like their little golden child So they'll, they'll they, you're about as much You're about as far as they'll go In terms of their critical thinking Which isn't very far at all So they'll tolerate you Where all of you are now vexed It's because it's like, oh But here's somebody making salient points And doing this and doing that And getting views for it Ooh, we're so angry, we're so mad Black women shouldn't be talking We're so angry, we're so mad So we're going to try and undermine what she says And feed her to our very right-wing hate followers To have somebody that they can direct their hatred towards That's exactly what happened And then through um, being posted or um, quote-tweeted By Aaron Bastani, Nay Peters um, As well as Michael Walker by being posted by these um, people at Novara Media, it meant that GB News were then like, oh, what's that over there? Because you all regularly go on to GB News, right? Especially you, Ash, you lot reg- regularly go on to GB News, right? Because you're the, you're just, you're that, you're that tipping point. Like, oh, we've gotten a balanced view. We've gotten everything. Now, everybody's in bed with everyone. I went on GB News once because they were trying to talk some shit about sex workers and it wasn't going to happen on my watch. After that, they're not seeing me again. But you lot are regularly on there Because you lot are actually all friends behind the scenes And and this is actually a joke to all of you Like our lives are at risk And you are all using this as some kind of weird game Of um, checkers And I don't get it I absolutely don't get it If you lack nuanced thought If you lack critical thinking skills That is your fucking problem But then to now quote tweet me to involve me in your mess and make it out like, oh, well, how can people watch this? If you don't understand it, thousands of other people, millions of other people understood. You just didn't understand. So just accept that you're silly and you're stupid and keep it moving. But then to incite that people target me and then to incite that then Dan Wooten then talks about me on GB News and calls me the new face of bigotry and racism, anti-white racism in the UK, and then that results in me getting all to all manners of threats and messages. I hold you all personally accountable and I will one way or another be seeking legal action. I absolutely will because you absolutely fucked with the wrong one. And you can't say that you didn't know what you were doing because let's just bring it up now. Let's start from um, the very beginning if I've an- actually even managed to save any of this. Um... Where is it? I love this article, actually. Um, so big up um the person who wrote it. I don't know if you want me to say your name. Um, I just wanted to go to where is it? Where they've these um 
unfortunate motherfuckers decided to quote tweet me. Even the the head, is it the head of the Royal College of Nursing? Says that this would um, Lucy Letby would have definitely been caught sooner If she was a person of colour um, The doctor, the consultant um, Dr Ravi um, He also stated that he feels like This would have been different Were it a person of colour But somehow These are actually people that work in the medical profession But you lot that don't work in the fucking medical profession But you just hate seeing black women make points You decided that you know better And that you'll quote tweet me In order to cause And to send a pile on my way It will never be well with you And the moment that your ears hear my voice As I'm saying this to you I want you to know that from this very moment Everything that you love in your life is going to crumble Everything that you hold dear Will start falling to pieces The misery that you already feel By targeting somebody like me Because you could, only miserable people Can do the kind of things That you lot have done The misery that you feel today I speak it over your life I speak it over the lives Of everyone that you fucking care about That that misery Will be amplified a thousandfold That that's what you That's all you'll ever know Because I mind my fucking business I give my observations I give my breakdowns On my channel In my corner of the internet Where you got vexed Was the fact that people Were listening to me And you saw the views Because you're such You're such bottom feeders You're such nasty bitches That that, that twerk for clicks That's all you care about Like you're here Intellectually popping Booty popping for, For clicks For engagement So you can't take it When somebody just actually Wants to make a point And keep it moving I can't help it that I'm the people them sugar Anyway So Michael Walker Michael L What's it? Michael J.S. Walker Is his um, Twitter handle Says um, He quote, quote tweets me Lucy Letby's violence was clearly not the standard So weird this stuff gets thousands of likes on here It's important the thousands of likes And this is what I'm saying You're such jealous nasty bitches All you're focused on is the likes Because if it had got 10 likes You would have minded your business Kept it moving But because all of you You feed like you get hard over Over engagement Over analytics Over algorithms right You lot get hard over that So seeing the engagement Is what was really really doing you And you wanted to now start dissenting You wanted to Undermine what I was doing This is called misogynoir This is called anti-blackness You're all fucking racist You're raging racists who are, who are here cosplaying As any sort of um, progressive movement You're not progressive in the slightest You're all nasty Because let me say this And I mean this None of us are free Unless we are all free But by you doing what you've done You don't actually want black women to be free You do not want black women to be safe You want black women to be harmed Hence why you did what you did hence why hence you did what you did Aaron followed it up with some stuff you see on here is obviously um, absurd and yet it gets thousands upon thousands of retweets can you see again you fucking bitches can you see again that all you care about you're so focused you're so preoccupied with the level of engagement my video got it's not about what I said because if you listened all the way to the end you fucking cunts You fucking dangerous cunts If you listened all the way to the end You'd actually literally hear me say I'm not even saying that all white women go around killing I'm saying that the same system That protected Lucy for so long Is the same system when people are in workplaces And white women cry These people are the ones that get into trouble And not the white women I've just put in an interview earlier on in this um, episode Where I'm speaking to Syrah And I'm speaking to Regina About this very same thing This stuff is studied This stuff is researched But because you saw a black woman 
delivering it You decided that Oh you know what Don't want to hear her speaking Let's all attack It will never be well with you And I'm so fucking fed up Of you all trying to hide Behind intellectualism When actually you just Fucking hate black women Because you lot would have Never ever Never done this to a black man You would have never Done this to a black man You would have You wouldn't Because you still have That perception in your head About black men about this and that About masculinity So you wouldn't have wanted To try your luck But you're like Ooh We know who we can try it with Let's go and try it With a black woman Let's go and try it With other women of colour Because we saw strategically How you were going around And who you were choosing To um, to attack Watch A baby murdering nurse Is fortunately not the standard She is fortunately an anomaly And therefore you'd be wrong again You'd be wrong, she's not an anomaly You fucking idiot You stupid fucking piece of shit You're wrong again Because then a professor actually came out and said Actually, according to what we've studied Lucy Letby is actually the standard for female serial killers She's white, usually Christian They usually start off in their 20s to 30s Usually attractive or average looking And they usually work in healthcare so by that metric, I was actually 100% correct I want, if I don't get a written apology from every fucking body All of you will see, we will see each other in court You fucking pricks will see each other in court Because the things that I've received over the past few days Nobody should have to receive I have a fucking child, you fucking cunts You fucking pieces of shit and I swear to God, I swear to God, and I haven't even gotten to you, you fucking Ku Klux Quarteng. I haven't even gotten to you, you piece of shit. If anything should happen to me, I want it noted now that you, Aaron Bastani, also known as Aaron Peters, you, Michael Walker, you, Ash Zakar, you fucking bitch, all of you, Dan Wooten, Kwasi Quarteng, GB News, all of you and your higher ups, I want all of you to be charged. All of you. Because this has gone on for too long You lot think this is a fucking puppy show That you can be doing whatever you like And speaking on people in very wild ways And putting them in harm's way Because apparently black women are just fodder It's alright for things like this to happen to black women Fuck all of you I'm enraged Because here I am speaking truth to power None of you, not a single one of you has the courage to do what I do And to do it with such precision To sit down and do the research that's necessary To do this week in, week out you all sit there like, oh my God, climate crisis. Oh my God, oil spills. Which demographic do cli- does climate justice or um, climate injustice and oil spills, all of them things, who does it affect disproportionately? But you don't want to speak on that because you keep stopping short. You're stopping at bus stop A. I'm going all the way to the bus terminal. I'm finishing the entire route. Yeah, we are not the fucking same. And you, Ash, I don't know where you fought Ashtakar that you've grown wings And I'm glad that you deleted the tweets From back in the day where you used to fawn over me Because even you know that I'm your fucking mummy And it's even funny that a lot of you You'll follow me, follow me, follow me Be begging it, you'll be following me And then the moment that you get your first interview Something goes scon scon in your head The moment you make it onto the TV for the first time or ever, something goes scon scon in your head And then you start seeing me as some kind of nemesis Some kind of adversary Some kind of, um, um, you know, competitor we're not in the same fucking arena We are not in the same fucking arena We're not even in the same We're not in the same race We're not in the same fucking arena I don't have to compete I know what I know And I stand in my truth As is divine As I'm blessed to do Because of my ancestors 
I don't come into you lot's corner. I haven't even ever mentioned your name. I don't, I don't bother with you. I find a lot of you irrelevant. But for some reason, when you lot see somebody shining and you're not even seeing the shining, the glory, you'll see fucking numbers. I've spoken more truth on videos that have got 200 views, 20 views even. This podcast on YouTube is it's even small numbers even. The audio version of the podcast, yeah, thousands and thousands of people, thousands of people listen, yeah. But even then, I'm just doing what I'm doing and I'm minding my business. What is your problem? To then bring people my way, because let's look at the trail of events. You mentioned me, Aaron, Michael from Novara Media, apparently progressive, but clearly not because you want to actively harm black women. You mentioned me. And then... This one, Ash, decides to do her own in a, in a slightly different way And you refer to something as incredibly reductive It's your mother's pussy that's incredibly reductive Fucking cunt So all of you gathered together And wanted to aid a pylon on me And then now in your comments You're agreeing with people That you should never have said it incredibly reductive But you're not deleting the tweets Why? Because you got the engagement that you wanted from it So you got the pat on the back that you wanted from the whites That's what you wanted all along For the white people to say good girl Good girl And this isn't the first time that you tried black women When you tried to usurp and co-opt this um, hashtag say her name You tried to take that hashtag And then you were denigrating And trying to speak badly And vilifying the people that were telling you This hashtag is specifically for Black women who have been harmed Specifically for them And you're talking about Oh, well, why are we making everything um, Intellectual identity da, 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 da. That shows how cynical your mind has become When you can't understand the nuance Of the fact that black women are regularly They're regularly erased in our society The harm that black women face in our society It's rarely talked about Breonna Taylor We're still trying to get justice for Breonna Taylor So many Sarah Reed over here Nicole and Bibber Henry, Nicole Smallman and Bibber Henry. There are so many things that I joy Gardner. Like there are so um, there are so many things that have happened across the world, at, specifically against Black women, and yet we're still screaming. We're still screaming that they're being forgotten. Hence the hashtag say her name. So for you to come in such a callous way on the internet because you feel like you're that it girl on the internet that you'll say something and the people in your corner will agree with you. Do you ever wonder why they agree with you? Do you ever sit down and wonder why they're like, yeah, good point that you made there? Could it possibly be because you're also helping them to forward the ideology of white supremacy and that it's okay to erase black women? Have you ever considered that? We're not. We're not in the same grade We're not the same We're not at the same reading level We're not at the same reading level We can't be Because people Everyday people understood my point About Lucy Leppi They understood If you'd watched the whole video You would too would understand But you didn't care about that Because you were frothing at the mouth Over the engagement That you were seeing the video get you, That you saw the video getting And you said Oh black woman making points And it's not me I'm not the centre of attention <laughs> I'm the sun baby I'm the sun You're barely just catching A little bit of my rays I'm the fucking sun Disgusting behavior So going back to that Your three of you gather Like a trifling trifecta Of fucking turnips You gather together 
start undermining what's being said by myself as well as other black women and women of color who and people of color generally who are calling out and being very very clear that no there is a pattern here people who actually work in the medical profession are also saying yes 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 there is a pattern here but you've already done the damage right even though you Michael decided to delete your tweet and the same way that you deleted the tweet is the way that all your blessings that could ever find you in this life from this day onwards they've been deleted they've been deleted as well your name will be erased from the book of life you'll never know goodness you'll never know mercy in this life I promise you I promise you right so the damage has already been done Dan Wooten has already picked that up and then they want to run it on GB News okay so I say to them they've messaged my agent and said well can Kelechi come on we want to know her fee um, to defend her comments that she made about Lucy Letby and speak with Dan Wooten me and again this is what I mean about you bottom feeding fucking bitches you lot saw engagement as well you saw engagement. You're like, oh, people, oh, look at people listening to her. There were other people who made similar points that I made. But what? Because they didn't get the same number of views. They didn't get the same number of retweets and everything. You're not telling them to come on your show. You want me to come because you want me to redirect my audience to you. I, Unlike the rest of these motherfuckers, I understand business. Unlike the rest of these motherfuckers, like I've got common sense. So I'm not coming onto your fucking show. And so I then send my agent over. I'm like, this is, they give me a right to reply. This is my reply. And I basically said that there are certain people that are working on this show right now who are being, um, who need to understand sexual consent as well as how race as a construct works. When you lot have done the necessary reading, then you can try to engage me in a debate. But all of you lack critical um, thinking skills. You lack any sort of like critical race theory skills. So I'm not the person that you need to be speaking to right now, but I encourage everybody who can and is able to, who has them and is able to, to wash their legs. You didn't read that out. Instead, you went and took one of my tweets where I said, oh guys, I'm saddened by being accused of being a racist. I haven't got a racist bone in my body. Can you not see the irony? I'm basically regurgitating what you lot say all of the time. Oh my God, I'm saddened by being called a racist. I haven't got a racist bone in my body. Be kind. You lot don't know how to be kind you're proving my point in real time see how you're all complicit in white supremacy you're diverting the attention away from a depraved murderer who killed babies because you can't you can't sit with the discomfort of seeing the face of a white woman being um, convicted of such you're redirecting misdirecting your anger at the black people the people of color who are calling it out can you not see that is white supremacy in action to try to silence anybody who's making it obvious that there is a clear pattern happening here and that pattern su- like supports and upholds a particular framework that is oppressive for all of us what are you not getting and this is why i say i'm not your age mate we're not the same reading level So this is why it's also important that based on the threats that I've received over the past week, first of all, don't expect me to be coming back to come and record any other episode for now. That's that. I'll see how I feel. I might just show up next. Who knows? Who knows? But right now I'm done with this. I'm done with this because I'm tired of people being so fucking obtuse because I I can't be doing the things that I need to be doing in terms of promoting my book because I don't want to have to wade through bullshit messages of threats that came to me because of you lot. Do you get that? Do you get that? And I am, as far as I'm concerned, the biggest warrior for my child in this life. He's got a great father, but I'm the biggest warrior for my child in this life, right? 
if you are the ones that have caused You are the ones Since you are the ones that have caused for people to be sending me such messages That are threats to my life That means that my child potentially would not have me in their life I will take everything you own I will take absolutely everything you fucking own Because you can't keep getting away with this bullshit It is tiring It is tiring watching over and over again You lot play obtuse And you can do that on the little internet On the internet This rage that I feel You better hope I never ever see any of you in person Because I'll tell you about your clots to your face We will enter the same trouser that same day I promise you we'll enter the same trouser Because this is disgusting And then GB News running it as if it's a proper segment and now to come to you, Klu Klux Kwarteng Quasi Kwarteng And you're meant to be an MP You're meant to be a member of parliament I swear it must go against ministerial code For you to be on a show with Dan Wooten Dan, we haven't even talked about you We haven't really talked about you, Martin Branning Using various pseudonyms Using various aliases To go and accost your, your, your co-workers Asking them to send you pictures Allegedly That you'll pay this and that allegedly you're, you're one of the alleged biggest blackmailers in showbiz And probably the reason that you're still left to work Where you're working currently Is due to the dirt that you might have on certain people Allegedly Right? But you're allowed to just keep doing what you're doing As far as we're concerned From what your ex-boyfriend tweeted You might be a predator A sexual predator But you're allowed to work And then you're while you're working You're speaking on my name like the other places have fired you And they're investigating you But it's my name that you want to speak on Is everything okay? Don't let me get Suella on the phone So she can take you right back to New Zealand Right? Take you right back Who even wants to speak to Suella? That hawk faced demon No, demon I said demon, whatever Oh I'm done I'm so, so done I'm disgusted I'm disgusted You know, like Whenever I think of you lot I just see like rats I just see like rats Like nibbling away At a house From the, like, from the basement You're just nibbling away Or something You're just You're just nasty You're just nasty people But back to Kwasi Kwateng No, have I even finished? No, 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 no Let me go back I haven't finished I wanted to talk about this um, Aaron again Aaron Bastani, aka Aaron Peters. I want to talk about him just a little bit more as the co-founder of Novara Media that started all of this and started um, sending their hate and the threats my way, um, which I consider to be, um, as much as I cuss them out all the time, a police matter, right? Because I can see in my algorithms exactly when I can see from the timestamps on the, the tweets and the emails that I've received Exactly when they started And it started from the moment you lot decided to start posting me It started from you Before that, it was very normal day-to-day stuff The vitriol, the vitriol started the moment you lot started doing what you were doing So for that reason, you are directly responsible Okay, so we continue Um it says here, 
Aaron Bastani, the co-founder of Novara Media, said on Twitter on Tuesday that he had been punched multiple times as he made his way into work. Aww. He said he had never seen the alleged attacker before, but that the man knew his name. Bastani said the alleged attack happened near his home and was preceded by the man shouted preceded by the man shouting his name. So you wrote this on July 25th, 2023. That was this year. This year, July 25th. At 2.22 p.m. Isn't that synchronicity? Oh. I can't believe, I can't quite believe what happened a few hours ago. But on my I hope it and let me not. I can't quite believe what happened a few hours ago, but on my way to the train station, was it at 11.11, to head into the Novara Media office, a man I've never seen before screamed my name while passing by and assaulted me. I was punched multiple times. He wrote, um, he went on to say, where is it? Fortunately, I was able to pacify him with subsequent um, um, assistance from a passerby until the police arrived. This is someone who knew my name, Fortunately, there were multiple independent witnesses and the man is now being questioned by police. This was a completely unprovoked attack near my home in broad daylight. My suspicion is this was politically motivated. This was a politically motivated physical attack on a journalist. The background to this is that I've been targeted by the far right before. It is a very real risk I live with. Finally, my thanks to the police officers who arrived promptly and behaved with the utmost professionalism and courtesy. So what I want to understand, Aaron Bastani, a.k.a. Aaron Peters, I want to understand a couple of things. July 25th, that happened to you. So you know that you've got an audience of quite aggressive far right people because you say that you've had, you know, um, interactions with them previously. So if they would do it to you, I don't know about what you've got going on, um, but you are you have you are of um, white proximity. Right. So you know that they would do that to you. So you thought that what would be great would be to retweet me, quote tweet me onto your timeline of these aggressive people. So I, as a black woman, could receive threats and possible violence. And this is why I'm saying that it's a police matter and it's a court matter. Because by you publishing that on your Twitter page, you were already aware of the threat that existed on your page just towards you. And you're not even that radical. So what you've now put, the danger you now put me in by quote tweeting me and letting them know that you disagree with me. What happens to me as a black woman? What happens to me as a black mother? What happens? Hmm? So this is why no, there there will be consequences. We there has to be legal consequences because you were well aware of what was happening on your page before because you had been subject to it, and then you thought that you would feed me to your rabid dogs instead to save yourself, to be like, oh, whoa, 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 look at this person over here. Direct your hate this way. I hope that you're all listening in real time, wherever you can. Report their media platform. Report them as individuals because this has gone on for too long. I'll be so if if I'm not dealing with this person today abusing me on secret community pages on Twitter, I'm dealing with these people coming forward. All for what? All for what? For just stating the things that I see and connecting the dots in real time. This is the price you pay, or the, the price you pay for being a black woman that has got sense and is happy to speak about it. And also. 
You did your, uh, what is it? Your PhD at the um, Royal Holloway, didn't you? So your PhD was about activism, right? And then there was some kind of um, MI6 involvement somewhere, maybe not with you directly, but it's just interesting that that would be the case. And I just wonder sometimes if some people are actually put into positions or in positions so they can do the very sinister bidding of the state in certain ways. But that's just me thinking about possible things for my book that might not have anything to do with this current conversation. I'm just thinking out loud. No Ed Sheeran. Um, back, back, back to you. So you did a PhD in activism or looking into activism and how it plays out online and whatever things go with that. So when you did that PhD, when you did, when you were doing that thesis, you also saw the risk that would come with that. Did you at any point break down who receives the most abuse on social media? the specific demographic that receives the most abuse on social media because Glitch did and they found that it's black women. And you then took your time, somebody who claims to have done a PhD, who claims to have learned, unless you weren't paying attention the whole time, you claim to have learned what happens online when people use um, or mobilize through social media and whatever, and the internet, whatever the case may be, you claim that you've done that. But here you are inciting hatred towards a black woman. Because you're, when we break it down All the way down, down, down to the ground You were just jealous of my engagement How, Why is she getting such views? Why is she getting such views? Because I was able to bring things together In a way that you could never Because your learning doesn't go back that far It doesn't Whatever anger issues you've got towards your mother Take it up with your mother Don't ever bring it towards my fucking doorstep ever again Whatever led you to be like, I want to change my name. I want to change my, whatever the case may be, take it up with your parents. Take it up with your ancestors. Keep my page, my things out of your fucking consciousness. Because (laughs) we're going to have to see each other sometime in court somewhere. We're going to have to see each other because I don't take threats on my life lightly. I don't, I don't, I just don't. And because I have proof that you also know that there are threats that, that that come with doing the things of speaking out on social media. Wrong, 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 wrong. I just wanted to say that. So done with Aaron. <sighs> Back to finally Quasi, Quasi Quateng. So you went on Dan Wooten's show, Dan, who still has to fight off allegations of being a sexual predator. You went on that show. I don't even know. Are you allowed to go on shows with somebody who is um, still being investigated for being a sexual predator? Are you? Anyway, you went on anyway with your wonky hairline that looks like an unfinished motorway. You went on there and you lot were having your talks. And then they said, who do you nominate for Jackass of the week or of the day, whatever the fuck? And you said that you nominate me. That me, that you don't think you, I believe what I said about Lucy being the standard, even though um, Marissa, is it Marissa Harrison, um, who is a professor, she wrote a Guardian article where she was just like, well, actually, she's correct. And that came out days after or a day after you said your fucking shit. But I want to know when, uh, where, where um, the time that an MP is allowed to call a private citizen um, a jackass. I want to know because some of you, I don't know where, what, what it is that or like what you've been, been imbibing, what you've been imbibing. I don't know if it got stuck in your throat and therefore is stopping the blood circulation, making it to your head. You are so raggedy because you, didn't you do your, your PhD on empire? 
You did a PhD on empire. So where did you lose your way? All of you PhD, PhDs, I'm, you know what? I never want to do a PhD if it means I'm going to come so far off route like you and Aaron. I never want to do one in that case. If it means that it's going to fuck you up in such a way that you become a threat to the people that are actually just trying to make their way in this life. You did that and then you decided to be a black Tory. Look at the state of you, the fucking state of you. And you're calling me a jackass, which I find funny for making very, very clear and well-researched observations, but you managed to be tricked by a company. It was a, they set it up. It was a fake company that said that they wanted your expertise and that they would pay you, what is it? 10,000 pounds a day when the actual job didn't exist at all, but you got duped. So I wouldn't be surprised if you've probably even in the past fallen for those. I'm a Nigerian prince and I need your help to get my money out of my bank account. I'm sure you've fallen for one or two of those as well. You're the jackass. You're the jackass. You got played in real time and they vided you. They recorded you looking like a stupid, greedy bitch. They recorded you agreeing that you would work for 10,000 pounds a day. Oh, I'm concerned about going to Korea. (laughs) But you 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 wanted to chop money on top of the money that you were already getting as an MP. You wanted to chop extra money on top of that. But I'm the jackass. And they were playing you the whole time because the whole, the whole initiative wasn't even real. It wasn't even real. But I'm the jackass. Ha! You tanked the economy. Baby, you tanked the economy. But I'm the jackass. This is what misogynoir will do to you because it's so, you're, you're so kind of confused. You're so ignorant to the fact that you are a laughing stock. You're being laughed at by your white peers within the Conservative Party. You're a laughing stock. Liz Truss, who was as useless. She was as useless as a nail made of jelly. She was fucking useless. But she still even fired you. You haven't managed to finish taking her, her pubic hairs from out between your teeth, but you thought you could talk on me. Thunder fire your blood clot, you dickhead. Fool. You're a failure. You're a failure. You can't, you don't, you don't have anything to your name that even stands out. You're a failure. And you're clapped as well on top of that. Fucking stand innovation, ugly bitch. But I'm the jackass. So you're joining a right wing media channel, joining a right wing media platform to incite hatred towards me after they're chopping up my content, whichever way. And I swear you owe me money for that, GB News, actually. Actually. You're chopping up my content any which way you like. And then you're sitting there looking like a fucking slug, talking about, oh, I'm a jackass. The violence. You don't even see the optics. And this is why I mean that you're a failure and you're a coward. You're ridiculous. You're sat um, in a, on a panel of white people and they get you, the black man, to be the one that puts that nail in. That's like, yeah, that, yes. Let me twist that knife in. Yes. To that black woman. Yes. But you're mad because what I do, what I keep doing in this life actually benefits you and your fucking idiotic self. Because I don't see you speaking about the disproportionate stop and search rates and how it affects black men and boys. I do that. I don't see you addressing the fact that knife crime is, is a public health situation and not a criminal situation. You're not dealing with it in that way. I am. So I'm very, very invested and concerned about the future of black men and boys. You are not. All you're hoping for is that you're getting to taste one pinky hued clitoris here and there. And that white men pat you on the back for being their good little doggy. Bitch. 
And anyone can come and say anything. You can all come and write your letters because you started this. I was minding my business. So if anyone wants to come and write any official letters of anything, anything, remember that you started this. You put my life at risk when you all decided to deliberately misconstrue and and, 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 and deliberately misrepresent what I had said. You started it. We'll see each other where we'll see each other. We will. In February, Kwarteng attended an online meeting of about 40 minutes, informing the interviewer that he was sitting in my office in Parliament. Kwarteng was sacked as Chancellor last October by the then Prime Minister Liz Trust after his mini-budget precipitated... Um, um, yeah, precipitated a financial crisis During a discussion about what the remuneration might be Kwarteng said he would not do anything for less than £10,000 a month He said he would need to be compensated Particularly if I'm going to Korea When he was told the firm was looking at a rate of £8,000 to £12,000 a day He responded that they were numbers he could work with Of course you can work with it, you stupid raggedy bitch You were about to settle for £10,000 a month Of course you'd say, yeah, you can handle eight to £12,000 a day um, it was agreed that if he went to Korea, he would he could invoice at £10,000 a day Discussing his credentials, he said he had significant experience from his roles as a former business secretary And briefly as a chancellor Look at briefly, look at briefly, briefly The prospect of Kwarteng citing his political track record for what appeared a lucrative role may anger homeowners who saw mortgage repayments rise because of his disastrous tenure at the Treasury. He discussed Brexit, the energy industry and Boris Johnson, with whom he said he might be able to arrange a meeting. Um, Matt Hancock also took part in that um Meeting as well In her early March Hancock um, agreed to an online meeting For the advisory role um, The Telegraph had that week Published his leaked cash cache Of more than 100,000 WhatsApp messages But he seemed relaxed for the meeting With the fake foreign firm He said it had been quite a busy week But that March was the state start of hope We were wondering Do you have a daily rate at the moment? He was asked by the interviewer posing as a senior business executive I do, yes, Matt Hancock replied It's 10,000 sterling The footage showing his rapid response to a question over fees Is likely to spark fresh controversy over concerns MPs may be bolstering their finances in ways that may be counter To the interests of the um, constituents they serve Hancock is an independent MP After he had the whip suspended for taking um, After he had the whip uh, suspended for taking part in um, I'm a celebrity for which he was paid £320,000 With Rishi Sunak spokesperson saying at the time That MPs should be working hard for their constituents Hancock said in a meeting that he followed the spirit and letter of the parliamentary rules And would also require additional approval for the role Because he had been a minister But outside interests were permitted He said he was mindful of the responsibility to serve his constituents um. So many of them got got. I'm sure. I think they talked to some Labour people there or to different parties they talked to as well. But I like this kind of pranking. I think it's so necessary to show everybody's yash and to show what they're doing. Um. It's very sad. But big up the led by donkeys project. Um. Who conducted the uh with uh, who conducted this with investigative reporter Anthony Barnett. 
um, because people are facing the cost of living crisis and you've got the MPs that you have um, voted in doing what they like, asking for however amount of money. Because the thing is, if they accept the money from this sort of firm, that's not real, but they clearly accept it from various firms that are real, they will be working to the interests of these firms, right? So they don't really care about the constituents. And again, it makes me think about Grenfell and everything that happened there. But quasi, Ku Klux Kwarteng, it'll never be well with you. Because where you felt like you were feeding me to the wolves to save yourself, to join them in a ha-ha and kikiing and trying to humiliate a black woman, it's the way that your black mother is humiliated by you. You're a disgrace. You're a disgrace and you're a coward and it will never, ever be well with you. While you persist in walking down this path of white supremacy, all you'll know is misery. All you'll know is dejection and every, every misery should come and find you. You will never know peace. As long as I keep breathing in and out, you will never know peace. Yeah, you won't. Because what you try to harm me is what you try to do. And so to reiterate again, Because of the nature of the threats that I've received, I want it to be noted. Aaron Bastani, aka Aaron Peters, Ash Sakar, Michael Walker, Kwasi Kwarteng, Dan Wooten, GB News as a whole, all of you should, it's in everybody's best interest that I remain, remain safe and cute. And me and mine remain safe and cute because should anything these are the people that must be charged these are the people that everybody must go after should anything happen yeah because we've seen it in real time how you're inciting for harm to come towards a black woman or because you're jealous you're fucking bitches jealous of likes jealous of views wow wow we are in hell if that's what it takes, we are in hell. Where people who don't understand things, you don't get how one thing links to another, but you just want to chat. In fact, me, I've even talked too long. I'm coming off of this fucking thing. I've said everything I have to say. It is what it is. We'll be seeing each other in court. <laughs> but I'm very disappointed. But big up to everybody that's shown me so much support and love. I'm divinely protected. I know that. Like God continues to look after me and mine. I know that the ancestors ride with me greatly because I'm only ever doing what I'm asked to do, what I'm called to do and speaking from the heart. I don't trouble nobody. I don't expect anybody to trouble me. But, hmm. Oh, Malcolm X had some things to say. Let me tell you that. He had some things to say. Anyway, that's that. I have been Kelechi Okafo and this has been S-Y-M, officially known as Say Your Mind, unofficially known as everybody that I mentioned, Suck Your Mum. I don't want to promote anything. You know where to find the things. Catch you on the flip side, maybe. Peace. It's the Benz Brunani woman is baby boys, baby girls, you need to hear this. If you sit down, sit down, receive this realness. Make sure your cup's ready for the tea, we are go sippy here. Hard time scrolling for your long shorts. You might learn something you never know. Collect you find, and she's one of a kind. Don't say you mind, say you mind.